I love college baseball. I love to photograph it, and I certainly love to talk about it. So my guest today, D1 college baseball writer Eric Sorensen, is the perfect guest to have on and chat with. If you love college baseball, I would follow Eric on Twitter at Stitch underscore head. It was always neat to see these guys go on to pro ball and, and become you know, Hall of Famers in a lot of cases. Right. Uh, I almost said, oh, in the case of Roger Clemens, Hall of Famer. Oh, wait, that's right. He's not in there. <laughs> I forgot about that whole. College World Series. Like, yeah. Oh, college. I think he's in the college. Oh, college Hall, Hall of Fame. Fame. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. we'll give him yeah. that. Yeah. I'll give him that. Because yeah. he was an absolute stud in college. <laughs> All of his sons were great, too, at Texas. God, they, it's, it, it's really neat to see some of those uh, some of those players now having, well, it makes you realize how damn old you are. I'm Matt Brown, host of Just a Good Conversation. Take a listen to our archives. We've had such guests who have been awarded the Silver Star, Emmy winners, and Cal State Fullerton men's head basketball coach, Dietrich Taylor. So I'm sitting there, my suit and tie, and his secretary says, hey, coach, you know, he's running a little bit late. Please forgive him. And she's looking at her watch. And, you know, she tells me that the president of Tanzania is in meeting with this guy. And I tell her, I said, well, he doesn't have to see me. You know, like the president of Tanzania... I'm just a basketball coach. He does. I'm assistant, by the way. He doesn't have to see me. He doesn't need. She was like, "Oh, coach, no, no, no problem. No, no, no." I'm just he a resident of yeah, Arizona. I'm, a, I'm not dude. a big guy. I'm a normal dude. Little did I know, man. It, it, it was crazy, and it was, it was, it was crazy. That, that whole experience was crazy, but that was probably a point that I'll never forget. Like, and I'm telling this 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 nice lady who's telling me that the president of Tanzania is in the in their meeting with the with the president, basically. Right. He's going to be a couple minutes late. Take your time. Take your time. Get get a coffee. Like, you want one? You know? Go to justagoodconversation.com for all our archives. Let's take a quick break for our sponsor before our conversation with Eric Sorensen. Eric! Thank you so much for dropping by and talking. Oh, we're actually on. I'm we're sorry. gonna we're gonna go. We're gonna go. We're dropping right into this. Well, here's the first thing I wanted to. Th- I was thinking about. I was like, the first thing I wanted to say was, well, all right. Well, we're here with Matt Brown, one of the p- more premier photographers in sports history. Matt, how's everything going for you? That's what I wanted to start with. No, no, everything. <laughs> I know. We're talking it's about the rules. you. We're talking about you. <laughs> well, let me start telling the people that are listening. Matt is actually a very much an inspiration for me because his photography and I. I I try to pass myself off as a photographer during baseball games. It's basically my wife has a really kick-ass camera that <laughs> she lets me use, and if anything happens to it, she'll kill me. But, yeah, some of your stuff you've shot over the years has just been, and you've let me use, yes. has been great, and I always try to aspire to be a better photographer. So there you go. That's how I'll start with well, you, Matt. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, man. I, we'll talk to Mandy later about maybe getting you some gear. Sure, sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Cool. Anything free in the photography, as expensive as that stuff is, I'll take anything free, sure. Yeah. So I, I definitely wanted to have you you're on I, st- I have a list started a list Thank you're on that you. list you're Thank a two you. asterisk on the list man wow right is it because of my part-time work in porn no oh okay good no, we, that I'm glad we're that not down to two I don't, I don't want to talk about that here today so <laughs> that's fine early days when you needed the money uh, and lately you know I mean I gotta go to Vegas to do it now but you oh, know Jesus. California rules <laughs> but I, I <laughs> no thanks for having me dude this is really yeah, cool I'm this so really glad cool. you had the time yeah, to do man. this oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people have time but you you made it good no I think it's I think it's uh, it's it's something I was very much looking forward to. Like like I said earlier, before we click record, 
When I told Mike Greenlee I was having you on, he was all excited (laughs) that I was having the mystery man on. Because we all know you, but we know so little of you. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know much of a mystery. Well, now you know the porn thing, so I don't know. That's out of the bag. Mike Greenlee, yeah. Miss that guy. And and when we had you in our our documentary years ago, and you alluded to in there that you grew up and were raised in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. How was mm-hmm. that like being middle America? Oh, I loved it. And people ask me all, uh, ask me all the time about going back for spending my vacations at the <laughs> College World Series, well, especially Mandy, going, my wife going back to, to College World Series because that's really her vacation. And she'll go there and she'll be my real photographer. But God no, love her that she it, wants yes, a vacation Yes, Nebraska. and she loves it. But I, I tell people all the time, I was like, I wouldn't want to live in Omaha now. I love it still. It's great. But it was a great place to be from. Growing up there, four seasons, you had winter. I played hockey all the time, snowball fights, playing football in the snow. I tried to tell my cousins and my my uh, friends in Louisiana when I moved down there, it's like, you guys have no idea how much fun football is in the snow. Oh, Especially yeah. like if it's just accumulating. That's the most fun way to play neighborhood football ever. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I loved growing up there, and it was a great place to be from and a great place to to go back to. I, I go there now. I mean, you and I living in Southern California. I go there now, and I realize, God, this place is really green compared to L.A. where it's all concrete and, right. and, and barriers and, and razor jungle. wire. Right. So, um, but, yes, it's it was a great place to grow up. I had a great time there, and I was really bummed when I had to move. But were you an Omaha guy, or are you outside? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so. no, in, in Omaha proper, um, lived right near the Kellogg's plant. So in the mornings, I'd wake up and I'd smell the cornflakes that had just been cooking. It was the greatest smell oh of my, my life. I, <laughs> every time I go, this is how big, much of a geek I am, Matt. Every time I go back to Omaha now. I have to at least go one or two times around the Kellogg plant, windows rolled down, taking a big sniff like it's just a bunch of cocaine or something. It's just, oh, this is the greatest smell in the world. Because that's what I remember as a kid, having that smell. It was really, really awesome. And does that just bring you back? Yes. Yeah, well, you know how they say the sense of smell is the greatest of uh, uh, nostal- right? yeah, yeah. nostalgic sense. So, yeah, it takes me right back to being You're there. You're seven and, again and, all and, of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, I'm seven with, of course, no worries in my life. I don't have to pay taxes or anything like that. It's right. the greatest time of you, my life. You have no idea. <laughs> How good it is at seven. I, I wish I did. Someone Damn buys it. you clothes, makes your meals. Yeah. Probably <laughs> didn't buy me enough clothes or <laughs> toys that I want. Damn parents. But I'll work on those, you, pe- those things later. But you thought that then, but now oh, yeah. you really yeah. thought like it was the best. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was cool. I, I loved being from there and and, uh, and growing up there. It was, it was a, a different time, but it was still very, very cool. Now... Being from Nebraska, it's kind of like hidden because if you're from Boston, you have an accent. New York, you yeah. have an accent. L.A. Yeah. Like, there's no accent in oh, no. Nebraska. You're just kind of perfect. That's why. Right? <laughs> like, you're just, right? You don't, you're not no, dropping perfect. your eyes and you sound like you're that's from. That's kind of true because I remember my father told me years ago, he's like, yeah, that's why we, that's like a lot of broadcasters. You know, Tom Brokaw is from Yankton, South Dakota. You know, Johnny Carson's from Norfolk, Nebraska. A lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of announcers come from that area because there is no, you know, there's no twang to it or there's right. there's no uh, Boston to it. You know, it's yeah. just, it, there, it's, it's, you're right. It is kind of just middle of the road and, and middle of the, of the, I guess, the spectrum of, of, of accents for America. So it's, it's, uh, it's perfect. So you're totally hidden. You can just fly right under the radar. That's true. However, when I went back, I, I moved from Omaha to Louisiana 
It wasn't my choice. Um, <laughs> sorry, people from Louisiana. I just liked Omaha better. But no, when I moved there and I spent a few years, I would go back to Omaha and hang out with my friends. And they'd be like, and some of them would be like, oh, I can hear your southern accent. I was like, oh, don't tell me that. I've tried my whole years of being here not to get any kind of accent, but I think I'd still picked it up eventually. You just kind of scraped Some it? people still might hear it, but um, more than likely not, though. Really? That's, that's interesting. That's what they said when, when I would right. go back to visit. So, you know. All right. Yeah. And then I saw my cousins in Louisiana. They're like, hey, Yankee, why don't you say something funny? I'm like, what? I don't know what the hell you're talking about, twanger. You know? right. I'm Come as on. vanilla as it gets. <laughs> it is. It's true. I have all my vowels. I don't drop anything. I don't, yep. I don't drop anything. I don't call uh, I don't call pop. I don't call it Coke right. or Coca-Cola or have a Coke. So anyway, they made fun of me for saying pop, too, So which I still use now. So how, how much of baseball was your life as a child? Oh, mm. or I would you, say or, I would say here's a perfect way to answer that, uh, Matt. Probably about a quarter of my life, because, like I said, it's a four seasons part of the country. So in the winter, you're playing basketball or you're playing hockey. In the okay. fall, you're playing football, and in the summer, you're playing baseball. That's that's how it was always split up. It's not one of those things where I mean, it might be different now with travel ball and all that, right? Which would be kind of a shame. But yeah, back then you just played everything, and me and all my friends we played every every sport. And uh, so yeah, baseball is just kind of a part. Oh, this is uh, end of school year, and now the College World Series is coming up. Okay, well, it's baseball season now. So yeah, it's, right. And you have the shadow of the big red machine of Nebraska. Oh yeah, always there. So football's <laughs> got to be it a is. part of your life. However, I'm one of those guilty people. Uh, not a lot of people in Omaha will admit this, but I'm one of those guilty people that, oh, I'm all about big red football, especially when they were good. Right. And then in the winter, I was like, yeah, but I really love Creighton basketball. That's really oh, my thing. So I'm, right. always, I, I'm, a, I'm a lover of both. But you'll get those people that hate each other. Sure. And I'm just like, come on, how can you hate each other? That's such a richly ingrained part of our of our state, you know, yeah. to be a football fan at, for Nebraska and basketball, because Creighton's always been a little bit better in basketball. Nebraska so. has basketball? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> honestly. Once in a blue moon, they do have basketball. Right, because you think It's not usually that great. Yeah, their factory has been football. When Osborne was yeah. there, that was it. Yeah, well, now, though, and now you volleyball go, for women oh, women's has become been something huge, um, which I would have lost my mortgage betting that that would have happened. <laughs> I, know, I know it does go to show that Nebraskans will support a winner no matter Period. what. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, but now, like Nebraska's basketball arena is like immaculate. Their facilities for practice, they should be good again. It's kind of like Penn State. How come you never hear anything about Penn State in basketball? Although I think they were pretty good last year, but over the years you never heard about. And there was such you know they had so much money coming from football and all that. You just figured their basketball would be good once in a while. Nebraska just yeah, just every every once in a blue moon they'll have a flash in the pan, good season, and then that's it. You know, goes away. Right. But then you were fortunate as a child because you had two weeks of the. <laughs> you know, baseball gods yes. just descending on your town yes. and showing you some of the greatest athletes to play. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you you see Paul Molitor there, or when I was really, really young, Dave Winfield. Yeah, or, the Dave Winfield or, story. Yeah. When you talked about that, I was trying to, like, record you and not, like, jaw drop in front of you. Like, what? <laughs> that was the greatest. When I, yeah, the game we left in the ninth inning and USC came back to win. So talk about that, because people go, Dave Winfield was that good? Oh, yeah. You yeah. have no clue how good. I mean, he was oh. a stud. Uh, three, uh, what was it? Three sports he was drafted in. Uh, right. Football, which he didn't even play, but he was drafted anyway. Um, because of his physical size. Because he was, he was such a great specimen. Oh, just, yeah. Uh, before we get to that, though, you said every two or two weeks every summer. Back when I was a kid, though, it was seven and maybe eight days. That's it. The College World Series right. would have like 
three, yeah. and sometimes even four games a day. You're right. That's just how it was. Now it's all about money, spreading it out, you know, getting more in. Uh, and so now it is, you know, almost two full weeks. Right. But. I remember having a conversation with Augie about this, and he would oh, say, yeah. like, they just— Augie Garita. Yeah, they just— Lumped it in, like get yeah. it in from oh, yeah. like and if Friday to next Sunday. It if was there done. was a rain out, yeah, they would they would attach that game early the next morning, like a nine a.m. nine a.m. Yeah, that's how they did it. It's, yeah. it's it's weird. At the time, we didn't think anything of it. It's just like, oh, that's just how they do it. And now it's just you know really drawn out. Uh, if there's a rain delay, sometimes they'll just push everything back a full day. So that's kind of right, a weird thing. They have a rain day like built into the schedule. Yes. Yeah, yeah, a couple of them at the end. So the Dave Winfield story, real quickly, is uh, as a kid, we had we had uh, my my parents uh, indoctrinated me to the College World Series really young. Like I don't know, I felt like I was still in diapers going to the games. It's mandatory though. Yeah, right? I think it is. Yeah, well, I just loved it because. I just there was something about going to a place where there were teams from all around the country, not just you know. That's why it always bumps me out when the SEC gets five teams in the College World Series. It's like, all right, yeah, they're good. I I wish it was more diverse because at the time, I remember like you know, University of Maine being there, uh, Oklahoma State obviously was there all the time, right. or it seemed like. But when I was a kid, USC and Arizona State, Texas, but you also had these teams like University of Miami. Nobody really heard of the University of Miami, right? And then here they were playing baseball there. Um, God, I even remember like Eastern Michigan making it to the to the to the championship game, and uh-huh. I was like, "That's great! Nobody's heard of Eastern Michigan. I want them to win." And of course, they lost. But, right, but you're trying to find their mascot. Like, yeah. What is that? <laughs> yes. it's, you know. <laughs> so, oh, and oh, you just touched a nerve on it with me. Eastern Michigan had the greatest nickname as a kid. I freaking loved the Hurons. I just thought that was so cool. My <laughs> father's like, "Yeah, the Huron Indian tribe." You know, I was like, "Oh, that's cool." The Huron Indians. It's you know, it's kind of like Seminoles or or Ch- or the the Chippewas or something. And then they well, you know. Yeah, the PC police came in and they changed it to what are they now? The Eagles or whatever. It's something bland. Yeah, I've always you know, the screaming lambs or, or something, or, or a color, you know, right. the cardinal. I just always hated that. Light blue. So yeah, the fighting light blue. The fighting, the fighting baby blues. <laughs> so my father, uh, we had we had uh, relatives who lived who lived in Minnesota. So whenever Minnesota made it, they were always my favorite team for the College World Series. And and uh, so one time, my father took me to a game, USC Minnesota. Uh, it's it was in the winners bracket game. Both teams were undefeated. Okay. Minnesota gets out to a seven to nothing lead. Dave Winfield, you, you guys might know the story already. Dave Winfield's pitching all eight innings, and they're up seven zip. And my father says, "Well, you know, we should go. It's seven to nothing." I was like, eh, "Are you sure? I don't know. You're not supposed to leave a game. I don't know why I had this wisdom as a kid. I <laughs> yeah, guess but as a, as a young I feel child, like I did. Because you had your whiskey and a cigar. <laughs> you're like, Dad, we shouldn't leave. How did you know I started that early? <laughs> anyway, so we're like, okay, we'll go. So we go home, and of course, there's no internet, or there's no, you know, even TV news was already done for the night. And so the <laughs> next morning, we wake up. My dad's, my dad's at the pa- at the at the table, read the paper. Hey, did you hear Minnesota lost? I was like, what? Come on! And he shows me the paper, and I just want to cry. I'm like, and you made us leave that game. I will never forgive you for this. <laughs> my father passed away in early or back in October, by the way. And I, to his deathbed, I did not. I I did not forgive him for taking me from that damn game. So, yeah, USC scores eight runs in the bottom of the ninth. And they even thought about – they moved Dave Winfield to right field. They even thought about bringing him in because pitchers weren't getting USC guys out. And Dave Winfield's like in, in right field going, I'm spent. I'm spent. I can't I do it. I got nothing 
left. I'm waving my arms, by the way, podcast yeah. people. <laughs> He's like, I can't do it. And they lost eight to seven. Yeah. And they and oh. they did not win the national championship. Actually, USC ended up winning yet another national championship at that time. They were like UCLA basketball at the time, winning yeah, national they, titles they all the time. They were just running through people. So, yeah, that's one of my earliest memories of practically of life. And uh, and it's a traumatic one. <laughs> now you know why I'm so why I'm so traumatized as an adult, Matt. That's well, why I'm so that's why I'm so bent. But again, like, okay, so you would never have ever seen Dave Winfield. Like mm. he you know, there's pre-ESPN, you're not getting unless you're getting Sports Illustrated, but why is Sports Illustrated covering Dave Winfield's team? Like it was yeah. such a little niche and it came into your town totally like was. this blessing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it didn't go to Miami, Chicago, LA, or any. It came mm-mm. to Omaha, Nebraska. And that's why I think Nebraskans and Omahans, uh, that's why they just they they cling to this event so so badly. When you know years ago, before they built the new stadium, they were the NCA was you know swore to Damocles over their head saying, hey, if you don't build us a new stadium, we'll move to Orlando or someplace like that. I just always thought to myself, God, can you imagine going to Orlando for 12 days in the the summer? It's never going to get cool there. It's always going to be 90 degrees and 90% humidity. Although Nebraska can get hot. We've had hot days there, but they don't last usually like that. But anyway. But it's Orlando. No one needs to go there. Yeah. (laughs) If they don't have enough enough traffic down there, enough people going there on vacation anyway. So that would have been terrible. But um, but that was your childhood. But yeah, you got to see yeah. these marvelous people. Yeah, so it was it was who a else, lot of fun. Who else graced your presence as a child that you were like, oh. I can't believe I'm seeing Paul Molitor. Yeah, right, Paul right? Molitor obviously is another one. Uh, well, you got like you know Hubie Brooks at at Arizona State. Uh, Bob Horner was on, him and Bob Horner were on the same team with Rick Peters and all those all those guys made it to the bigs. I think Bob Horner made it up in September of that same year. Jesus. So yeah, they That's, had great talent there. Uh, you know, Texas always had some. Good, you know, Roger Clemens, obviously, right. Calvin Schiraldi. There were always guys that were there. Well, this was before my time, but uh, James Street, the father of Houston Street, the Texas football right. quarterback, played on the national championship. Uh, t- or on, I don't know if they won that shot actually in, in baseball, but they played in college, at the College World Series. So you got people like that. You know, Deion Sanders played in, in Omaha, right? Before people really knew that he was a he was a baseball star too. So you kind of got a little preview of what was to come with a lot of guys that you know. You could have a little bit of knowledge, like, oh my God, you're not going to believe this guy that's coming out of you know Minnesota and gone to the what was it to the Padres? Right. I think for Ugh. Dave Winfield, like you're, you're not going to believe this guy. He's another one that played College World Series, and then September that year, he was in the he was in the bigs already. So. Right. Yeah, it was amazing. It was really, and you didn't really appreciate it at the time. You just knew who was good. But then a couple of years later, you'd see a name, you know, come come across the uh, like playing on the uh, MLB game of the week, and you're like, oh, Paul Molitor. Oh, he's at the Bigs now. He's oh, playing with the Twins or yeah. whoever he's Rob playing Ventura. with. Rob Ventura. Rob Ventura. Just saw him in Omaha. Yeah. It seemed like it was last year. Yeah, you know? I hit all year long. Never had an out. And all of a sudden, he's you know, <laughs> yeah. here in Omaha. So it was really that was one of the neater things. I'm not a huge pro baseball fan. I'll kind of keep up with it in the postseason. I'll but um, it was always neat to see these guys go on to pro ball and and become you know Hall of Famers in a lot of cases. Right. Uh, I almost said, oh, the case of Roger Clemens, Hall of Famer. Oh wait, that's right, he's not in there. <laughs> I forgot about that whole College World Series. Though. Oh, yeah. college. I think he's in the college. Oh, college Hall, Hall of, of Fame. Fame. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. we'll give him yeah. that. I'll give him that because yeah. he was an absolute stud in college. <laughs> All of his sons were great too at Texas. God, he's, he's, it, it's really neat to see some of those uh, some of those players now having. Well, it makes you realize how. Damn old you are, but you know some of the great players having kids now coming through playing right. baseball right. too. So, so Houston Street's dad, and now you got Houston yep. Street, and then and Houston like, Street, right? And, uh, His son's at any time he'll be up there. Yeah, it's Gunner. weird. It's kind of bizarre. 
getting old is fast. <laughs> it is Shit. fast. And this it. year doesn't help it at all. Mm-mm. It's like dog years and years in 2020. Oh, God, please, really. Like, tomorrow's no December. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes. Oh, I forgot. Well, so, did you just keep going every year as a child, or was there like those yeah. teenage years you're no. like, ah, I'm done with it? Well, by that time, I ended up moving to Louisiana, but I, yeah, I mean, as a kid, even, even, uh, like, it was weird, because like, I went to Creighton University's basketball camp a couple times, okay. a couple years, and we would get done with camp, and we'd be staying on the Creighton campus, actually, we'd be staying overnight, you know, just <laughs> reveling around like a bunch of wild banshees <laughs> with these, you know, we're like, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade kids. But we would, even those nights, we would uh, we would have somebody take us down to the Rosenblatt to see a game that night at the College World Series because that was what we did. Even at basketball camp, we'd go and see a, see a baseball Catch game. Catch a game. So, yeah. So, yeah, it was very ingrained in, uh, in my early life. And I think one of the things, I don't remember if I told you guys about it or not. I don't know how interested it'll be, but... One of the things they used to do, the Cowsworth Series always started on a Friday, and the first game wasn't until 4 o'clock, second game at like 7.30. Right. Now the second game wouldn't be till like 9 because it lasts four hours, and it's terrible. But my father would, he was like, you know, in the in the uh, business community there, kind of a, kind of big there, and he got us, he got me and him tickets to the, the, uh, the what would they call it, the, the uh, College World Series banquet, where they okay. would have, yes. they would have, all eight teams would be there, uh, Jack Payne was the PA guy, or the guy at the dais, and they would, they would have, uh, you know, it, it's something where they introduce all the teams, and I'd always just go there and get autographs, so that was like one of the coolest things, and it was weird to me, they'd have this banquet at 12 noon, and then Four hours later, two of those teams were actually on the field playing already. So I thought that was kind of – they don't do it anymore, obviously. Right. But that was one of the cooler things I remember as a kid. Just, you know, again, something that will never come back again. It was kind of neat to have at the time, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's so – Filled sp- up my autograph book. It's so special to think about, like, oh, God, what are these guys <laughs> going to be playing in a couple <laughs> that's hours? Right. That's right. You know, he's sh- shoving down food down his gullet. <laughs> and one of the things – one of the best things is a couple years ago um, – uh, Coach Fox at North Carolina, uh, Mike Fox, he mm-hmm. signed his autograph onto the, my College World Series program that I got his autograph when I was a kid. And no I, brought it back to, <laughs> I brought it back to him in Omaha and said, hey, can you sign it again now? And he's, so I got like both both autographs for uh, for Coach Fox. Has the signature <laughs> changed much? I don't remember. I don't think it's changed much. interesting thing, like how's his teenage autograph now yeah, a yeah. grown adult yeah. autograph? <laughs> So yeah, he was he's played there one year and coached there numerous times, of course, with his team. So so is, is moving down to Louisiana is that how you fell into LSU and go to college yeah, there? Yeah, well, <laughs> is that okay. like mandatory? I, well, here's here's how I look at it. LSU is kind of a glorified JC because <laughs> oh, I made Matt. Oh, this is gonna get good, Matt. I made well, no. This is why. I mean, it's sure. I'm sure it's different now, but I made horrible grades as a kid in high school because I just didn't care. All I wanted to do was pl- make, make grades well enough to play basketball and football, okay. and I did. And then when it came time to go to college, all of a sudden, nobody's letting me into their college. I'm like, oh, crap. Now what am I going to do? So <laughs> I thought about doing the JC thing. I was like, I don't want to move away. LSU was the only one that said, oh, yeah, you're a, you're a high school graduate in Louisiana. Yeah, you can come to LSU. I was like, oh, thank <laughs> God. Down. Thank God. <laughs> so I did. I went to LSU only because I could get in there, and it was easy. <laughs> thank the Lord. So that's – but, you know, then it turned out LSU ended up being a real kick-ass college baseball program, and that kind of just added to, you know, my experience of college baseball. It was really cool to see, you know, LSU was like it always in that. The SEC was always an afterthought in baseball all my years growing up. Yes. I don't remember very many. I think Mississippi State made it like in 79 into the 80s. Old Miss had made it well before like in 69 or 70. Auburn made it one year. So they weren't very 
prolific in baseball at the time until Ron Polk at Mississippi State, Skip Burtman at LSU. When I was there, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they just start you know kicking ass, and that and then everybody said, "Well, I see that you guys make money at baseball. Well, we're going to do the same thing then. Right? We're going to build up our baseball that program. Totally that's cha- how, that's yeah. how it did. Yeah, that's yeah. How it that changed the landscape is having additional teams come in and seeing them yep. make yep. a run and make a couple keep of keep up bucks. with the Joneses and going, realize that it's a money thing. Oh, okay, we'll definitely do it right. then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we could do that. Yeah. That sounds interesting because <laughs> there's at that time it was football and men's basketball and that's it that made yeah. you money yeah oh yeah certainly certainly um so yeah it's it's neat to see as a college as a kid growing up at college around college baseball it's it's both neat and a little bit beware of what you wish for to see baseball becoming such a money maker right just so how, how did you find writing did you find writing at lsu oh no no i no god I, so what did you find at lsu other than a good time that's yeah. That was required. That was required. And I, I was in, adver- I was in advertising <laughs> because I love the creative side of advertising. So that's what I wanted to do. And because uh, I loved commercials, even you know, even though most of them are paying the ass, but I loved it. So I went into advertising, and and uh, and I was doing that for probably. 10 or 12 years, I think. What was your thought process like doing advertising? Like, I want to be a creative director yeah, or I make them? I wanted to be, okay. a, I wanted to have, I wanted to be like, you know, David Ogilvie or, or uh, Bob Bozell in Dallas. You have your name, Bozell, at the right. top of the building. I, I wanted to be a creative director and then, you know, kind of do that deal until I got into it and I realized, God, clients are a pain in the ass. I don't like these people. They don't like anything that's fun and creative. <laughs> was, so screw was it. Was LSU a good program? No. Did, no okay. It was, it was pretty terrible for that. But I got out with a degree and then I, you know, kind of made my way around. I moved to Dallas, Texas, and became went into advertising. And then when I moved out here to Los Angeles, um, my wife is in. Uh, she she does special effects for movies and mm-hmm. TV commercials and stuff. So she makes the money that keeps a roof over my head. Obviously, so I'm not too afraid to say that. But no, we realized well we're going to be here for a while. And I got into college baseball around here because there's so many good teams. What year is this? Uh, we're talking. I moved here in '95. Okay, the year after. Uh, Fullerton and USC played for the national championship. So yes. I'm in a hotbed. And I, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I love baseball. And I started, the way I got into writing college baseball stuff and sports stuff, at the time, the internet had kind of just started to grow a little bit. Yeah, and it I was kept, a baby. Yeah, and I kept looking for stuff on the internet about college baseball, and I found nothing. There was, except for, I think Baseball America had finally started putting stuff online. But then you had to join and, and pay, and I was uh-huh. just like, oh, I'm too poor to pay, even now. But anyway, um, but yeah, no, I just started realizing, no, there's nothing on college baseball. So I started writing. I started thinking, well, why don't I just start writing some stuff and sending it out and see if people want to use it? So I wrote college baseball weekend wrap-ups, and I sent it out to as many people as I could. And the only people that came back were— uh, well, who was there to write to? Nobody. Like, I, like Oh, you mean like what yeah, outlets? Like, yeah. Oh, ESPN. Okay. Uh, you know— USA Today, uh, sporting but, news at the time. But are you looking at their publication at this time? Because their internet websites must have been very, very, like, just basic. Oh, yeah. that's Well, that's why I was sending it was to the people online right. to see if they need a thing. And nobody – there was there was something called uh, collegesports.com, which eventually became CSTV. Okay. Uh, they picked me up. 
And believe it or not, USA Today, for some reason, said, yeah, we'd like you to do something at once a week. I was like, geez, really? Okay. Crap, I got to work. <laughs> I know, now I got to work. <laughs> Damn it, um, this was fun. <laughs> but it was cool because I would just write one article wrapping up the whole weekend, and I would send it to both. Little did they both know. So I was I was getting paid <laughs> not much. Just like now, not much. But I was getting paid for the same article from two different outlets. So it was kind of cool. Kinda That's worked good. Out. So I worked at, when it first started, I wrote for USA Today for three seasons. I thought I was going to last half a season. They were going to say, you know, fuck you. You're out. Get out out of here. It's not picking up anything. Um, And then CST or College Sports, I wrote for, I think, a year until it came back. And I ended up writing with them again because some of those guys remembered me and said, hey, you know, you want to come back and do some baseball stuff? I'm like, yeah. Now, that early writing, what were you thinking? Just let me just do like game recaps or just kind of? It was was all kind of like uh, I would split it into into four regions. What was it? East. Midwest, South, and West, and I'd do like a team of the week from each region, honorable mention, and a week to forget. You know, somebody who kind of crapped the rug. So I did that. Uh, that was the and, and I. It wasn't a thing. Like I, I'm not a journalist. I'm not a person that goes out. I mean, I kind of do it now. I can act like it because you know ESPN kind of made me become right, a evolved. journalist. Yeah, you yeah. evolved greatly. But at the time, it wasn't like I was going and doing coaches interviews or writing right, game write ups. You were doing profiles. It was just no, recaps. It was just recaps. That was it. Because that, that was really about how I really knew how to do. And then eventually it kind of just became like, all right, well, now we want you to do something a little bit different. I was like, well, all right, I think I can do this. And that's why I ended up doing it. So I didn't dare tell them, hey, I'd love to do a, a I'd love to do an expose, <laughs> but I'm really not a journalist. I've been faking it this whole time. You guys have just been paying me to not be a journalist. <laughs> well, how did you do your research then? Because was, the internet's so immature, I, I guarantee Fullerton probably didn't have a website in 95. Like, I, this didn't start actually till 99, I think it okay, was. Okay, so when people I start, start to get their Yeah, there was starting, there yeah. was, every, every place kind of had, there was, where did I get my scores from? Because Jeremy uh, didn't start his uh, D1 baseball site or what was it, NCA baseball at the time, ncabaseball.com. Okay. He didn't start that scoreboard, I think, until 2002, maybe. But I don't remember where I got my scores from, but I did. And then I'd go to the the, the website. The school site started doing stuff, so it was helpful to have that. So that's kind of okay. what it was. Yeah, it's funny to think you know, 18 years ago, 20 years ago, and think yeah. there wasn't – that the website was <laughs> – the websites at some places were really barbaric. Oh, Information. Yeah. The NCAA didn't get their website really going Mm-mm. at that time. It was just kind of really simple and pull-down menus and yeah. give a rat's ass about some stuff. And you had to submit <laughs> to them. They didn't really do any work. Right, right. So for you to do – for you to go out and have to find a – great game against Eastern Carolina and yeah. Coastal Carolina. Yeah. You had to do your work. <laughs> yeah, you, you kind of did. It, but Like Vermont and Maine wasn't a main, you know, game of the week. <laughs> but that was the thing. I kind of kind of going from my childhood and remembering all these teams from everywhere, you know, that that came out of the woodwork. I would I would make sure and say, hey, if Maine went 4-0 this week and clinched the American East title, well, they're, they're going to be one of my teams of the week in the East. So I made sure to t- try to touch on everybody that I could, and it made for like a really long, long-ass write-up. <laughs> but I didn't mind it. I was, I was like, I totally didn't. And by the way, when I first started, I was still working at an ad agency doing copywriting and stuff, you know, for like commercials and billboards and radio and stuff. And I started realizing, I'm like, geez, I'm kind of spending more time writing about college baseball here at my desk than I am the advertising, because the advertising was so easy to me. But baseball was something I wanted to really dive into. So when I started realizing, all right, I'm doing about 65, 35 baseball to advertising work, maybe I should just try and do baseball full time and not try to just 
suck a paycheck from right. these advertising people, were not you, give them my hundred percent. Were you working at a, at an ad agency? At AC, yeah, okay, I was so doing, you I was were working nine at, to five or quote yeah, unquote. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I was working for Sachi and Sachi, who is the ad agency that does all of Toyota stuff. I was okay. doing Toyota stuff constantly. Some days were long, but most of the days was really. Like Mike Greenlee's hours, nine to five. You know, right. it's like you, you could leave then. But if you were on a shoot, obviously you're there all day and for all week or whatever. But yeah, it was it was really easy at the time. I I talked to some of the guys that are in advertising now at Sachi and Sachi. No, no advertising people will listen to this podcast. So it's okay. <laughs> but they're complaining all the time. They're like, oh my god, it's so much different now. Now you are always working till nine o'clock at night. I was like, ah, I couldn't write baseball at that. I'm glad I left when I did. Right. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> now was your copywriting skills did that help you in kind of starting this idea of writing mm. baseball the only thing it kind of helped is that it may I kind of have a creative side. I, I feel like no, you I do. was creative I'll, I'll, about it. I'll pat your back on that. <laughs> Thank you. But like when I started college baseball today, it was my own site. Easton uh, paid me for it, and I could do whatever I want. So I was trying to be as different as I could from, you know, what Kendall and uh, Rogers and Aaron Fit do. I mean, it's, or, or John Manuel at the time. I just didn't want to write like that. And they what they do is great, and they're, right. they're good at what they do. But I didn't want to be the same kind of writer. I wanted to be a little more stylish or, you know, have a different kind of tilt to everything thing and include the photography part of it um but i think that came more honestly matt from baseball is just kind of a boring game so it gives me something to do between all uh-huh. that time i love doing that or i mean every time i love doing photography now because it gives me something to do between all the downtime that baseball has right. so but yeah it the whole creative side of advertising just kind of gives you a different mindset towards other types of writing um it just it just kind of opens your mind and, and gets you thinking differently and that's kind of what i try to in, try to involve when i do my my college baseball stuff right because that's what i see like if you compare yourself to fit or manual then or or, or kendall yeah like your your writing actually has that advertising fun writing to it it's so. not like dry not the manual if it's dry but like if you want to read their story they're going to give it right to you oh yeah but if you yeah. want to have a chuckle like I'm reading your story <laughs> I wish that's, it. that's I try, it I try to add a little bit of humor or a little bit of just a tilt of something different and to it and that's in creative that's in the creative yeah. side of yeah, you yeah exactly um, but it's different because like I'm not necessarily the guy to go to about you know, the bet, the top prospects, right. I can talk about it because I try to keep up with it, knowing who's going to be good and who's going to be drafted and all that. But that's definitely, you know, like an Aaron fit or, or at the time, Will Kimmy, that was their, oh, yeah. that was Will definitely Kimmy, their, yes. that was definitely their tilt. It's like they, they concentrated not just on some baseball stuff, but about the prospects coming up and they do a great job with, with that, you know, right. and that's just kind of not my cup of tea. Although I've kind of felt like I've, evolved a little bit more toward that now because a lot of times when I go on... Is that maturity? On, no, it's it's because when I go on radio shows, they'll want to know, hey, who are the top, you know, okay. who, who's the MLB looking at to draft this year? And so I kind of have to be on that now. And, right, you need to know your top yeah, 10. And I'm all right with that. I mean, it's okay. But yeah, it's, it's not a maturity thing. It's just that when you go on radio stuff, you kind of have to know what you're talking about. Otherwise, you look like an idiot or right, sound like an idiot. You have some depth in the knowledge of the yeah, sport yeah. you're covering, yeah, and that's exactly, fine. Exactly. So... It, so let's say by the 2000s, how deep are you into this college baseball writing where you're deciding, okay, you know what? Advertising, it was fun, but I'm going to jump into the deep end of this pool. Yeah. Well, it, it I, I ended up quitting my job at Saatchi and Saatchi, and 
and uh, did realizing. Did you have this conversation with Mandy about this first? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sweetie, I got an idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sit because... down, listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> because at the time, she's making she's making decent money, but she had just got a promotion, and she told <laughs> To her, to her fault, a big fuck up on her fault. She goes, you know, if you want to, you can quit advertising and maybe just do it freelance once in a while and do more baseball stuff. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. So I did. And then, Matt, I realized, oh, shit, baseball didn't pay jack squat. I'm in real trouble you now here. realize that? <laughs> I kind of, I'm kind of faking it. But no, I realized it's just like, okay, I still got to keep a toe in advertising so I can pay more bills once in a while right. too because, man, this baseball doesn't pay jack squat. Yeah, you can't show up to the ballpark in dirty clothes because you haven't been able to watch for two weeks. <laughs> My wife kicked me out. Yeah. No, I'm still married. I just cover baseball. Yeah, That's why yeah. I look like this. So yeah, it, it was, I, I dove in uh, full hog like, you know, from February to June. And then after that, I was kind of, you know, I was through with it. I'd do other things. Uh Um, But, yeah, I was – and when I say I was full-time into it, I was pretty much writing, especially, like, after the weekends were over. On Sunday night, I would stay up till 3 in the morning finishing all the write-ups and and getting it out to people in time, you know, and all that stuff. So Well, yeah, because I remember I could send you some stuff after a baseball game on a Sunday, and I'd get an email back from you at, like, (laughs) 2.45. Thanks, buddy. These photos are great. I'll use them. I'm like, what? Where are you at? Total vampire hours. Paris? Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's one of the things. It's like I'm more of a night person anyway, so I just took on this kind of vampire hour thing, and I'd be, like, you know, up till late at night, and that's still kind of what I do. But when you're collecting all that stuff, it's kind of kind of those are your hours. Yeah, we kind of have to. Yeah, it's kind of like the Hawaii game still being played yes, anyway. Yes, I'm trying to think who's the uh, oh, who's the football guy Peter with the full head of hair makes me jealous. <laughs> anyway, he he always he has that Monday morning quarterback thing, and he always talks about he he stays up almost I mean throughout the night till five in the morning. Peter King, that's oh, it. Oh, Peter, Peter King, King yeah. till five in the morning doing his Monday morning quarterback stuff. Uh, I'm not sure if he still does, but I remember that a couple years ago hearing that, and I was like, yeah, I can tap into that. I know that feeling, sure. Jesus. But he's even more hardcore than me, so oh, more, yeah. more power to him. He's way in. Yeah, yeah, big time. So that that's how that's how the whole baseball thing started, just from a, a dearth of information out there, nobody doing it. And then I decided, I think me and, and Mark Etheridge at the time, he had – the beginnings of SE baseball, the, the Southeast or SEC baseball at the time. But he and I were like the only people on the Internet doing baseball, um, except for like what maybe Baseball America was doing. I think right. at the time, John Manuel at the time. So, yeah, that was that was kind of the beginning of it. So but just just college baseball. You just felt like that was a niche you can hang it was your hat on. I, it's something I was doing all the time. Like even when I lived in Dallas, I would go to Dallas Baptist games when they were at NAIA school. That's how that's how bad of an addict I am. I'm serious. That's so, an issue. So yes, it is. <laughs> it's a, it's and I'm still I'm still dealing with it today. <laughs> so is my wife. Unfortunately, I mean, going to, going to a Baptist game in there. Like you could have gone to, I don't know, TCU or anywhere else. I would go there and UT Arlington a lot too. Did SMU have baseball then? No. No, okay. They got rid of, I was at the mid-70s or something, I think they got rid of it for early 80s. People are dropping sports like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Especially in Texas, you can't be dropping baseball. You got to have baseball. SMU, UTEP should bring it back. Yes, UTEP. Oh, my God. They don't have a program anymore. But it's also good because you see a team like Dallas Baptist becoming a Power essentially in Division One, uh, Tarleton State going from NAIA to Division One. I, I think this year, 
that's a, that's like an NAI school that Dallas yeah, Baptist used to play. So they fill it. So yeah, there's teams that come around that that have filled that void ever since, and it's it's been kind of cool to see, especially in the state of Texas where there's so much talent. So you know that's that's cool. But yeah, I always kind of had this addiction. That's that's why. I, started writing and still am to this day even though i could do more other things that make me better money but i don't know oh i'll just suffer for my art (laughs) so you're in this deep end when do you decide to like take on a website because i remember when that came out yeah college baseball today yeah and i thought wow that's that's big yeah well that was forced upon me too because i was doing writing for cstv um, which was what collegesports.com became, CSTV. I know. You, you, need, a, you need a chart. I do. Of like seeing like a like family tree of <laughs> Laser like. Laser pointer. Right. Oh, all oh. that. Bad you, comb over. I'm still trying to do that. Right. ESPN went to this and family sport and then <laughs> well, yeah, see, Time Warner sold somebody <laughs> off. And it was all, I was all at the mercy of that because collegesports.com brought me on to just do college baseball in the postseason. And I'm talking about 2000. Three two thousand four is when I went to collegesports.com, and, and that was great. I loved doing that. It was really low-key. And then about 2005 and into 2006, they started saying, hey, uh, do you want to do some college football stuff? And I'm like, well, yeah. I love college football. I grew up with that, too. And they started like having me do college football and like going to their games of the week, wherever it was. They would like send me there. So here's the bizarre thing. You had to pinch yourself. You had to so, pinch yourself. Like for was it 2006? 2007, I think it was, I would be working at an ad agency. I was still freelancing advertising. I was working at an ad agency, ironically called The Ballpark here in Los Angeles. The ad agency was called? They were called God, The Ballpark. They had a lot of sports <laughs> clients. It was really cool. That's so, like, uh, of course it is. I couldn't have asked for better. Right. right. So I would go in, and I was freelance with them, but I was there all the time. And, like, for instance, they would say, hey, Eric, are you going to be here on Friday? Because we're going to have some copy that's going to need to be due. And I'm like, ah, sorry. CSTV sending me to the Ohio State-Texas game on Friday. i got to leave on Friday afternoon or Friday morning, actually. So I'm not going to be in that day. Sorry. <laughs> and they were just like, wow, okay. Well, we'll see you back on Monday. I was like, okay, no problem. That was like the dream sequence for me. It's like working in advertising and then on the weekend going to the biggest college football game and right. covering it for CSTV. I'm going to Ohio State. See ya. <laughs> I know. It's so good. All I, these ad geeks, like, what the hell's in Ohio State? And they, well, actually, the guys I worked with, they obviously they, they were sports dudes, so they knew. Um, they they kind of for one time in my life, Matt, somebody wanted to trade a life with me, <laughs> and that was the only time I felt like I was walking around like a big swinging dick, man. I was just like, yes, I'm going off to I'm going off to the Ohio State Michigan one versus two game this weekend, and I'll see you guys on Monday. So yeah. see you, fellas. But yeah. So that's kind of how I started branching out into football and and other sports so was with CSTV, and then CSTV. Oh, I'm getting back to your original question now. CSTV got bought by CBS and the minute I heard they got bought by CBS I was like oh no they're gonna fuck this up <laughs> sure enough the first thing they want to do is get rid of CSTV and why is that and I know why is that and they wanted and they became they did have because CSTV had its own channel on TV and everything which was great and they wanted to turn it into CBS College Sports but they just wanted SEC football and NCAA basketball. That's pretty much all they wanted to concentrate on. So I didn't have an, an, an avenue then. And the guys at Easton, one of the guys at Easton was a guy I worked with at the ballpark. He was an account executive. He moved on to Easton, and Easton had this idea. Or he, Kyle Horn was his name. He had this idea. Maybe I should bring E3. E3 was my nickname. Maybe I should bring E, not error on the first right. baseman, yeah, like, which wait. is apropos because I did play first base in Little League, and I probably had a lot of E3s. Damn it. 
Anyway, your, your life is just a circle. It's just a giant circle. Circle jerk. Like, you couldn't be like Jerry. You have to be Eric to get the E3. Yes, yes. So Kyle Horn had this idea. Hey, we'll bring you on. We'll give you an outlet, a, a, a place to write college baseball stuff. We'll probably get a lot of clicks. We can have people go on and you know get clicks from your site. Also, they're going to come and look at Eastern baseball products. And so they were great. They were like paying me money to have this own my own site. They didn't care what I did. They, 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 every once in a while, they'd say, all right, kind of cut back on the cuss words. Just don't drop so many F-bombs. Right. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Kids that, do read this. That was part of my kind of creative side, like being a little different. Right. But it's true. I probably shouldn't have cussed that much. But no, but they they gave me this, this platform, this playground to do whatever the hell I wanted. And... Hell, I did uh, what was it? it was called extra innings, I guess. How many years? I did it. I did it for seven years. I thought it would God. last one year. I thought it'd be like, all right, they'll do it one year, and then the higher ups at East at East will be like, all right, enough of this jerk. Get rid of this jackass. But no, they kept doing it, and they increased even increased my pay, which I thought was amazing. Um, but then, how much fun did you have? Oh, it was great. I mean, I. The, the, you know, the best part was when they gave me access to the Easton Company Learjet. I could go wherever I wanted to to see baseball games. That's a joke. I'm right. kidding. There's not really a Learjet. I always wrote that in my you, articles, You though. always wish some company did have the company Learjet. It's it kind of like, true. Eric, we need you to get to uh, you know, Tempe yeah. immediately. Yes. Uh, no, but uh, eventually, um, I, like, like a dead fish getting caught in the tide, I was at the mercy of... Easton got bought out by Bauer, the hockey company, Bauer. Oh, and Bauer, kind of, the, they came in just, uh, they're all about money. Money, 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 money. Wait, wait, really? Yeah, a company? I, I, I tried to act shocked. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin, what? From Home Alone. No, and and they were like, all right, well, we'll, we'll let you do this for another year and um, see where we're at. And at the time, I was already with D1 Baseball too, You know, Kyle Peterson right. brought me on with that. So I was kind of like, all right. <laughs> you saw the writing? Yeah, I'm like, Easton's not – they're not – they're going to see after one season, all right, you're done. I even told right. Kyle Peterson when he brought me on, he said, well, what are you going to do with, the, with college baseball today? I was like, well, I'm going to try and give it a go one more year uh, with this and, you know, doing D1 too. <laughs> right. If you're all right with it, I'll still try and do it. But I'm telling you right now, Kyle, they're probably not going to keep me after this year. I'm right. sure those Bauer people are going to be like, no, jackass, you're gone. <laughs> and <laughs> it, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> you didn't notice you walked in in an injection seat like at any moment you're raised. That's probably just, <laughs> yeah. I was literally, well, I'm not figuring it'll be sitting on an ejector seat yeah. my whole time, my last year at college baseball today. Some guy was just going to walk up and be like, done. Yeah, but I will say the people at Easton, though, uh, uh, Kyle Horn, who gave me the gig, and uh, and Callan Thomas, the other guy who was there, they loved me, and they gave me a great place to just go on and just spew out garbage, you know, about college baseball that I love doing. It's so, always like that. The original the people ones. always handle you so well. They yep. get you. There's a reason why they brought you in. They're still there. Uh, well, at least Callan is still at Easton, and he's st we're still in contact all the time. In fact, he talked about maybe me being on a podcast with them, even though I'm not writing for them anymore, but they're right. still great ambassadors for college baseball. Obviously, oh. the name Easton right. is legendary. Right. So. It's synonymous. Yeah. It's yeah. hand so, in hand. That, so I was really grateful for them to uh, especially keep me on that long. I just thought, I, like I said, I thought I'd be on a year and that would be it but they kept me on a couple of years it was really it was really nice to be able to do that it was cool when did you get to cover the college world series as a media member oh yeah that was your first year what was that was that right my first year because even when i was writing because uh, that's the holy grail if you're writing college oh, baseball sure. yeah sure At, when i was writing for usa today and collegesports.com i told them i'm just going to write up until like the postseason because after that you know espn picks it up and it, it's it's done with 
So I didn't actually write college baseball in person as a media member till 2003, I guess it was. What's really? the first time? Yeah, so that, that was the first time I did and, you know, haven't missed it since. So you went in three. In 2003, it was the first time. So that's why. But even then, I didn't go the whole time. Like Fullerton 2004 National Championship game or series. I'm sure you were there for the right. whole time. Yep. Um, because you I was still. in for the I, series? Yeah, I, no, I was only there for the. I'd always go for the first four days. Oh, okay. And then I would go because you know, I had work to do at home and, and, you know, other outlets always picked up. But when CSTV had me kind of being their national guy for baseball, I was like, okay, I got to stay the whole time because they want to do radio or not radio uh, phone interviews after the end of each night. So I'd do phone stuff with them every night. So that's when I started staying the entire time. And luckily, I have a childhood friend who (laughs) lets me stay in his basement because staying there for a full two weeks. Jesus, that's a lot of money. It's Fucking terrible. Oh, they charge you and, oh, the, arm yeah. and a leg. Rental cars. That's why I always rent from Lincoln now. I never rent, rent out of Epley in Omaha anymore because it's too expensive. And rent, uh, hotel rooms, they gouge you for that too. So. Right. The $280 hotel room the next week is $38.95. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yep. That's it. Yeah. That's it. There They'll was a dead you. body in here two days ago, and you're trying to put me in a <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah no, so that's why I'm so thankful for my friends letting us stay in their basement and just Every year. Every year, stay in the same place for how, free. How was that feeling, though? So you've gone as a kid. Now you've gone maybe as a spectator. Now as a media member. Yeah, yeah. You know, picking up that credential. Was that yeah. Was that different? A little. Yeah, it was weird. You know, at you're first, going to places. and It was weird because, you know, it's First time like, in the press box? It's first time ever. Taking, no, that, a, taking that a slow-ass elevator ride. Oh, God, that thing was terrible. You remember that from Rosenblatt. Oh, oh, God. It was like an ice age getting to the uh, press box. Yeah. But, I, I got in a fight with Tony Gwynn in that elevator. Oh, do tell. No, oh, we'll get to it. You're talking about Tony Gwynn. Yeah, Tony Gwynn wow. and I go way back. Oh, I didn't know that. That's great. Oh, I can't wait till this podcast is over. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, but it was just kind of surreal. It's like, wow, I'm actually being paid to look at this stuff and watch this stuff now. Yeah. It might not be much, but it's really, no, it was, it it's was a really cool. perspective. It and, had to be cool. Yeah, and my father thought it was the greatest thing in the world. You actually get paid. You're getting, you get to go in the press box now. I'm like, yeah, but press boxes kind of suck because you can't hear anything. Yeah, the it's windows just, are closed. Yeah, windows are closed. That's what I've always hated about that, that, about they that press box. They brought you they though. They do that once in a while, and I'm very thankful of that. That's true. But yeah, right. no, it's, it was, it was, uh, it was definitely different. And it's and it's kind of cool at the same time. It's just it was is great to to be able to do that. I feel like it's like to get paid to sit there and be in the press box at the College World Series is almost criminal. Did you stick it to your dad a little bit though and say you stay all nine innings? You don't leave <laughs> <I know>. early. <laughs> <laughs> I told him I was like, yeah, I know. Now I have to stay no matter what. So yeah, I, I can't. I don't have you to drag me out of here anymore. They thank make God. Me do this. <laughs> well, that was a good year though. Oh three. If you're gonna start yeah. off, you, you got you got some decent teams and a good run. We were there in 03. And I'm trying to think, 03 was the Rice-Stanford uh, yeah. final. Oh, the first yeah. year of the uh, best of three, actually. Yeah, that was the first year. And I've, yeah. right, Rice won it that year, right? And Rice at, won it uh, with uh, Wayne Graham's first yes. national championship as a, a Division One coach. Was I think he was the oldest coach to win it. Oh, I'm pretty sure, yeah. I mean, he was 106 <laughs> then or something. I love the guy. He was I fantastic. He actually played... Uh, he, we had him at Fullerton one time. Yeah. He was so sweet. Oh, greatest guy ever. I was ever. like, good Lord. And his wife, Tanya, is one of my best, one of my good friends, I'll say. And she's she's very sweet, but can be mean as a rattlesnake. So she can be just the opposite of him. Right. If you get on the wrong side. I mean, she loves me, of course. But, right. but, but no, Wayne's the sweetest guy. Just 
One of the best guys I've ever known in this sport, for sure. No doubt about it, but love that guy. Uh, sorry, uh, it's it's a bummer that a guy that played played for Gene Mock and played for, uh, uh, oh, I almost said Yogi Bear. No, who's, <laughs> Casey Stengel, Casey sorry. Stengel, yeah. Played baseball for Casey Stengel, was a baseball college baseball coach up until, what was it, 2018. I thought that was just, that's that boggles my mind, and it makes me respect him so much more just because of that. Just year, just the years of baseball uh, going through, coursing through his veins. Uh, he was just a, a fountain of information. Always was. Let's talk about those coaches because coaches in college baseball are nothing like professional baseball because you have oh, yeah. someone like like Wayne at Rice who was mm-hmm. there for a long time. Um, Marcus at Stanford who was there for. Nine hundred years, like yeah. you get coaches like that. Augie Garrido, which, which I know you had a good relationship yeah, Augie, with him. Um, George, but then there's just coaches that are at that school for a very, very long yeah. time. I used I used to say all the time. This is like probably up until about five, four or five years ago. I used to say that like every every first article of the year that I would write always included the fact that we have Gene Stevenson, Mike Martin, Mike Gillespie, uh, uh, Mark Marquis. Augie Garrido and Wayne Graham still in our sport. We are very blessed to have them in our sport. And of course, now they're all they're all gone, which is right. a bummer. But those are guys that legends. And think about think about they didn't have they they could like kind of put on airs with us and kind of treat you as a as a second class because these are guys that coach Roger Clemens and coach right. Mark Kotze and they, you know it's kind of they kind of had an an upper uh, what do you want like an upper echelon about them, but. But personality-wise, they treated you just like you're like one of their one of their friends. They didn't. That's one of the things I always liked about those coaches. None of them really kind of condescended toward us. It seemed like. So I, th- I always thought that was great about that group of coaches. I thought that was I thought that was kind of really cool. Did you feel they were appreciative that you were just covering a yes. sport for the longest time? Was the secret? Yeah, all of them said that. I mean, they were. It, it, I, in fact, I'm trying to think if I've ever had a college baseball coach get angry at me about anything. I don't think so. Um, but no, all of them are just super appreciative. You know, like in pro baseball, you can't get away from the media if right. you're a, if you're a, man, a manager of a of a pro baseball team. Yeah, you, traveling you, media always. You, you just some... you want to get rid of uh, or you know get away from them, but you can't. And even when I covered college football. Coaches didn't really want to answer questions. They right. just kind of wanted to get it over with most of the time. Some of them were okay, but as a college football writer, the difference, well, as a, a college sports writer, I should say, the difference between covering a talking to a coach in football and co- talking to a coach in baseball is just complete 180. Right. Or as my ex-advertising uh, creative director used to, say, used to say, it's a complete 360 from it. <laughs> I said, uh, Garrett, you know that's not right, that's right? A- anyway, but yeah, it's just, God, these guys really appreciate you covering the game, even though it's gotten bigger now, especially when I first started, they were really, it was just like, you know, oh, this is cool. I have somebody come to talk that's not like a, you know, even if it's once in a while, they'll get a local guy come around if you're in a big market. But right. no, it's great. And that's one of the joys of covering college baseball is having a guy having the coaches really like the fact that you're interested in coming to their games and covering it and giving them positive publicity or negative if they lose but they appreciate that you're there doing it I have a friend that works at Stanford and he said when Harbaugh was there and then Marcus was there he goes it was two absolutely different creatures oh my god yes 
the baseball coach had been there for I don't know twenty five years already, and yeah. Harbaugh's walking around like his you know life is perfect <laughs> and he's going to make it you know the world better. Yeah. And here's this coach color carrying a leather suitcase, yes. like he's a CEO walking down to <laughs> I you know, Wall Street, and he's got the like bull legged, and he's always you know he always, always kind of on the hop, right? You know? He's <laughs> always got somewhere to go. Yeah. But he would like go to practice and shoot something, and he would ask, how you doing? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Let's talk. Where with Harbot was like, eh, arms yeah. length, stay yeah. away, keep away. I think everybody. I'll, like, I'll, I'll speak for, and they're on the same campus. Yes, and I'll, you still have. I'll speak for Kendall Rogers, Aaron Fit, Mark Etheridge, uh, just any of those any of those guys out there. All the all the baseball Americans. I'll speak for everybody when they say they really get positive feedback from coaches and they always get treated very well from college baseball coaches and everybody everybody seems to like the fact that we're the ones not making a shit ton of money but we're the ones out there you know putting the good word out about our right. sport i think they love that and that's that's why you get a mark mark was being so cordial and a jim harbaugh which is totally different doesn't want to you know he's he's had an assful of the media to use a, to coin a phrase. He's he's had enough of the media. He doesn't want to talk to him if he can avoid it. Right. You know? I mean, I, at one point, Long Beach State and Cal State Fullerton were both my clients. And when George took the job to Oregon, yeah, Mike Weathers was at Long Beach, and right. I was doing something, and he was on campus. We were talking. And he goes, "I can't believe how much money George is getting paid to go to Oregon." He goes, "If you would have told me when I was at Chapman that yeah. a baseball coach would be making this kind of money, he." wouldn't have believed it. And it's amazing what guys used to make. And oh, now sure. how all of a sudden baseball coaches are now making some real coin fine. Fi- yeah, that's one of the things that's kind of kind of a good and bad. Like I mentioned earlier, kind of beware what you wish for. I do want baseball to be successful, have, be a money maker. Um, but I did, I've never wanted to be dominated by money. And now when you kind of get into the 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 uh, almost said the arms race, but the facilities well, race. It is an arms race, really. It is, yeah, it is. It, let's face it. Yeah, it's kind of good, but kind of bad. Like, well, I'm trying to think. Like for Long Beach State, for instance, it's tough to improve facility, or it's tough to get. Right. There's no money at the state schools in California. Nope. You know that. Nope. I mean, being a Fullerton guy, what they have, it's amazing. They have what they have, even. But then you know. That's why it seems weird to have that, and then you go to the SEC, and everything's almost like a freaking major league, like a like a, a spring training facility almost. Yeah. So that part I don't love because it really does shift a balance. It's good that other teams are starting to come around and build up more and more, but I think it's kind of it, it. There's a point where it can get too much, and we, I think we're kind of at that point. Um, well, you, in some ways, you're right. And, and the arms race, in regards to like we went. I was with Fullerton. We went to LSU, and yeah. it was the year they were redoing their stadium. I think mm. it was eleven or twelve when they were going. They were dumping like seventy, eighty million dollars into it. And oh, the into base, the, new the, the baseball stadium. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody in an article was to asking the softball coach, like, "Are you upset? You know, equal Title Nine? Like, you're not getting seven million? She's like, "They just spent twenty million dollars on my new facility." Yeah. She goes, "Ask, right. <laughs> ask any other softball coach in the country who just got a brand new twenty million dollar yes. facility. Like the amount Nobody. of money now that's being <laughs> dropped into baseball is bonkers. So a state school, that's that's a Northridge, a Fullerton, you know, that's hard yeah, to that, keep up with. That's why I still wouldn't be shocked if you see in the years to come, like a San Jose State or Sacramento State drop in the sport eventually. I I would hate to see it. Um, but I just I just wonder if some of these programs are going to be able to make it, uh, considering the California state budget. I'm sure it's different everywhere, but 
Yeah, it's just, it, but or, there are good there are good signs though. Like like I've mentioned Dallas Baptist a couple times. Dallas Baptist, great facilities now. Uh, you know, even Creighton University gets to play in the, the in the home of the College World Series. They have a great facility how now. How often do they get to play there? Oh, they play all their games all there. Their games yeah, are, yeah, yeah. They used to play on a really crappy field yeah. that was that astroturf concrete. Oh, you've probably seen yeah. it. The, That's the, just a dog yeah, place. That was yeah. terrible. But and then all the schools in the Big Ten. It, last 10 years realize, okay, we're really losing ground. We need to up our facilities. Everybody's had either a brand new stadium or a new facility built, which is great. They all needed it. And like even the University of Minnesota, as far north as you get there, their baseball facility is really outstanding. Really outstanding. And then they, they can play some of those early games where the Vikings play indoors. Um, right. And I've been to a couple of those tournaments there to see that in the middle of February, 22 degrees outside, but it's 68 inside. Right. So it's really bizarre the way college baseball has evolved. Uh, the money and it's that, a big thing. It's a good thing. It can be a bad thing. I don't want to see it get too big, but it is good to see a lot lot more programs uh, uh, upping the ante. But can it stop from getting too big? I mean, like you said, the Pac or the Big Ten, Michigan 15 years ago played in a crappy place. Michigan yeah. State or Indiana, whoever has baseball. Yeah. You've got football money coming at you. You've got boosters saying, let's spread it around. Mm. How can regular non-Power 5 schools compete it's it's got to be something unique like a like a rice or or a Stanford or a, well they're they're, they're power they're, five yeah right let me get it back then rice or Dallas Baptist or I'm trying to think like uh, or South or Missouri State now right they, they play in a minor league facility you kind of have to be a little bit lucky or be just the biggest sport on campus because like Dallas Baptist is the biggest sport on Dallas Baptist or their baseball is the biggest sport on campus um, Missouri State they have football they have basketball but they're not as good as they've been is as the baseball team is uh, Wichita State that's a perfect example well, yes I forgot and how about the them. hell did they keep that going for as long as they did yeah yeah and that's they, their baseball team's so big, and Gene Stevenson, God, that was the most. That, on a sidebar, you're kind of going down a rabbit trail. Wichita State becoming a national power in the '80s was one of the biggest stories of college baseball ever. Yeah, how did they, that happen? They dropped the sport in '70. They pick it up again in '79, I think it was. And two years later, I guess it was, they were in the College World Series and winning at the time. They won like 60 games because you could, you could play as many as you wanted to. But Gene Stevenson just knew how to, he knew what the hell he was doing. And he knew how to build that up and build a big stadium. And it's it's a, it's a the only game in town right, in Wichita. Uh, Wichita State ended up dropping football, which in a sense helped their baseball program because yeah, that mo- became bigger. Sh- you shuffle the budget over yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the basketball was always good too, but Gene Stevenson was just ridiculous uh, what he did. To, and, and so, yeah, you see a lot of those small Wichita states like becoming a power, East Carolina becoming a power. I know there's some that people are going to want me, want me to mention, but I'm missing it. But again, yeah, those the, to see those kind of becoming baseball schools is kind of cool. I like that. And I'm and it's cool to see. I don't ever want the sport to get so big that a power five, a non-power five school can't compete for a national championship. I, I always want to have our co- Coastal Carolinas, our Pepperdines, Fresno our State Wichita State. Well, yeah. Fresno, of course, yeah. That's a state school, too. I always want to see that. Uh, kind of, again, that kind of spring from my childhood seeing these teams come from out of the woodwork to come to Omaha and play in the College World Series. I mean, that's my worry as a Fullerton guy. Like, how much longer can they compete in this arms race where, you know, SE's dumping money, UCLA's dumped money into their stadium the last couple yeah, years. They put yeah. in a big video board, this and that. And 
you know, uh, Arizona State now plays in a brand new ballpark. That minor league re- facility, yeah. yeah. That, that yeah. they regurgitated up and, and changed. Arizona the same way, too. Arizona State yeah. and everything. Uh, Washington's got a nice stadium right oh, there on the lake. Very nice. So, you know, you get, was it Fresno State in 08? And, and Coastal Carolina was at seven, uh, 16. Seven, 16. Yeah. Like, are those just lightning strikes lucky, or can small schools still compete? To an extent they are, but no, I still think small schools just uh, – they, they still can't compete because – our sport only has 11.7 scholarships. Yeah, and that's so that's yeah. You're, you know, guy We're going to go gonna, there. Let's but, talk about it. Yeah, that's the issue. It it bothered me at first, but in some ways, and I know this is sacrilege. In some ways, I see it in a good way because explain to me okay. this because I've had AD scratching their head, yeah. going, "Oh God." No, I. I and this is I know this is blasphemy for college baseball, but. Let's take a guy that goes to LSU. He goes there. It's a freshman, and he sees just guys guys that are built like linebackers in front of him. He's not going to touch the field. And he's like, all right, I got to go someplace else to play. Well, maybe I can go and play at, you know, East Carolina or, right. or, a, or a Coastal Carolina type, you know, one of those kind of schools. Or Liberty, where they a small school but has a great facility. So he's going to go there and get a, and get some money to a partial scholarship. So that that's why I think it kind of helps even things out because the good players aren't all going to go to one place because there's only so much money to go around. The good players are going to spread out more in our sport, and I think that's what's always been the key to college baseball. Now, can Coastal Carolina go to the College World Series every year? No, but they can be good enough to go to the NCAA tournament every year, and that gives them a chance to go to the College World Series. So right. that's why, yeah, Pepperdine in 92, Fresno, and Coastal Carolina, those are like some of my favorite years at the College World Series because that's that just right. that just plays to my you know cheering for the underdog type well, that I've always had. 297 teams play college baseball. Yeah. That's what I saw. Yep. I saw that Fresno team in 08 because they went through the Long Beach region yeah. and beat them. And I saw them, and I didn't see Coastal Carolina, but by looking up, I understood why. They were very senior-driven at yes. Fresno. They just Their guys were good, but just not good enough to take that money to go into the 15th round. Right. They stuck around for their senior year. Yeah. And there is a big difference between having a lot of seniors and having like one super stud, right? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Was that Coastal Carolina's thing too? Yeah. They just yeah. were senior driven, so nothing scared them. That's the one thing, like talking to Dan Heefner at Dallas Baptist, that's the one thing that those coaches at that level love the most is when they have an experienced team, then they know they can play. You know, experience will overcome talent a lot of times, uh, just, you know, especially if the talent's young, I should say. Right. Um, but, yeah, the senioritis on a team, those those teams that don't quite – that's what's kind of interesting about this past year only having five rounds of a draft. You're going to have a lot of guys coming back at, on a senior year, junior and senior yeah. year, and they have to now because it's going to make our game really interesting this year. But uh, as far as, like, talent-wise and, and – uh, I think the play is going to be as good as it's ever been, but yeah, those those lower echelon schools—I say lower echelon—but the the, the, right. the mid-major types, the way they kind of get that lightning in a bottle season is with guys that are very experienced and had been there, and maybe not, but they still have to have good talent. Like Fresno still had a number of draftees. They did. They just didn't go after their junior year. They they went, you know, they stuck they around went, another yep. year, and and that's yeah, they that's, rolled that dice and stuck around. Yep, and that's and the kind of off. thing. It paid off big, and that's the kind of thing that uh, that let some of these mid majors uh, kind of be on par with the big guys when they uh, with the with the top power five conversations. But there's teams. a double edged sword. Like if you're at a 
name the pack the big the big schools. Let's say like your like Texas, Texas, right? Yeah. Texas, they're losing guys. They're he's a stud and he's gone. It's yeah, a second yeah. round, third round, he's gone. You're going. Yeah. If that kid stuck around, oh, <laughs> one more year. They know the animal that they're that they have to deal with. Right. Though I mean that's that's certainly true. You're right. They, they there's there's a lot of times coaches are kind of like oh god please stay another year please stay another year and then they you know the money's too good or or their draft goes too high you know and that's that just happens because that's, it, that's a drag yeah it happens but, but I think it's good though because our sport at least does make you go for three years. Uh, before yeah, you can, before yep. you get drafted, I think that's cool. It's better than the one and done. I don't want it to ever be basketball no, no, one no, no, and no, done, no. Please, which is no. fine. I, I kind of wish basketball just go. If you want to go out of high school, just go. 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 Yeah, you, screw up your life and go. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or in the case of like a Kevin Garnett, there's no reason to go to college. Right. I mean, there really isn't. So yeah, him and Kobe would have wasted time. Yeah. Yeah. So I I I don't want baseball. I mean, they do have that, but I don't want baseball to go to where you only you, you can go one year and then leave. I, I like that it's three years. I like that. So yeah. that, that's a good thing. I think there's also – there's very few 18-year-olds that have the physical and mental yeah. makeup to yeah. go. Basketball, you can it's much more one-on-one. You're mm. a left fielder who's 18. You could sit there for all day and do nothing. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a good point. Absolutely. Football, same way. You can't go – Obviously, no. obviously you can't do football, but basketball is the one sport I think you can – Get away, get away with, with yeah, yeah. And, and you'll have a lot that that don't pan out, but you'll have a lot of you know again Moses Malone's or uh, Kobe Bryant's or something right. like that. So, because I, I asked Timmy Richards, I I said to him because he was a senior when he was at the College World Series, and I yeah. said to him like, what was that difference being a freshman? He goes. Coaches were telling me what to do. I was reading the scattering reports. I get up to the plate and I try not to crap my pants, right? Because you're just a freshman. <laughs> yep. But he gets to the College World Series and he knew exactly what pitch that guy was going to throw yeah. because he can see it in his hand. Everything was tipped off. He knew he had four years of college ball, not four years of baseball, college ball. Yeah. And he jacks two home runs in the College that's World right. Series <laughs> because he that. knows it's happening. Yeah. And that's the difference of just having that senior or having enough of them. Right, whether you're a reliever, you're or you're playing, you know, yeah. shortstop like he did, having those seniors help you, and I and I, I think that like we said, Fullerton or Fresno or or a you know, Coastal Carolina, who I'd never even heard of, <laughs> right? I mean, they came out of nowhere to have a chance. That's going to be their way, yeah, yeah, for the small schools, and and that's again, coaches love that. They love a player that sticks around for a fourth year. If you spend with the program for he's he's going to be so much more prepared. Going into it, uh, you don't have to play in front of twelve thousand people in the SEC. You can be a Fullerton and play in front of you know what three thousand at right. most. He's not. And Timmy Richards is a perfect example. You're not going to be up there crapping your pants uh, at the College World Series because you're a senior now. You've been through it all. You've seen right. it all, and you know you pick up on so many things. A coach like like uh, a coach like Vanderhook is Rick Vanderhook is going to give you that kind of knowledge. Going to teach that. It's going to ingrain you by the time you're a fourth year player. That's yeah, right. That's that's one or of the great not, things. Or if you're not playing, or, or if you're not. <laughs> You're not playing, but like a David Bacani, he was there four years, you know, right. and he knew what he, he was kind of the same way, led him to the College World Series, too. So, love those kind of guys, four Absolutely. year guys. Love that. That's great. That's one of the better things about our sport. So, how do you get into these? And, I, and I'm jealous. I see you sitting <laughs> in stadiums with beer all by yourself on oh. these baseball road trips. <laughs> oh, here I am, you know, at this place on a beautiful Saturday <laughs> afternoon with me and my Modelo or whatever the hell you got in your hand. Never a Mexican beer. I'm sorry. Is, is, right? Well, like, where are you getting these beautiful road trips? Uh, 
Well, one of the okay, so a lot of this started during during the the shutdown for COVID, and I just decided I'm just going to go to all these places. I'm going to say I'm just going to wait here till a goddamn baseball game comes back. Oh God, Eric! So that, that was that was my thing. So I, uh, you know, I have a motorcycle. I drive, I like to ride it a lot. During COVID, it's been glorious to be on the freeways of LA because they're mostly well, not as much anymore. But at the beginning, oh God, uh, it was the greatest thing. Donuts, yes, and ten course. freeway. So, um, so yeah, that was just kind of my idea. I'm going to go there. Take a picture with a beer. Most of the time, those beers are actually empty. I'll That's just let okay. you know. But uh, and just say I'm waiting until a game comes around. It's, it's all fake. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's from my advertising roots. See, it's, it's, and like you, you know, can't get away from it. Last year, last year it was during. This is obviously pre-COVID, but I guess it was. Yeah, it was October of last year. A friend of mine. He was. Uh, he he was my gay stand-up friend. He was going to New York City, but tried to become a stand-up. And uh, he said, hey, I, I don't want to ship my car. If you've got time, do you want to drive my car to New York? I'm like, yes, <laughs> what? of course I want to do that. So that's where I got all these. I got the idea to do this, quote unquote, cross-country stadium tour. So, yeah, I just stopped at every stadium I could. And it was it was a great trip because I got to go to James Dean's grave. You know, I got to see the baseball of twine. It was just really a lot of fun. So that kind of where's where the idea came from of just, yeah, I like to go to a place that's, you know, nothing's going on. Take a picture of the stadium. Imagine what it would be like on a, day, a game day or something. So Did you kinda... find some stadiums you really were surprised how nice they were? I, I found a little bit of that, and I found a little bit of how crappy some stadiums were, too. Unfortunately, some of those stadiums in the Mid-American Conference just were not that good. Um, but, like, Kent State had a pretty nice stadium. Uh, and, oh, I got to see the Kent State uh, the the Kent State Massacre site, which was really moving. I really like that kind of stuff, too. But, yeah, I mean, like Delta State in Utah, who's becoming a D1 member this oh. year, I think. They have a great stadium there. They've been a D2 power now for a number of years, but they have like a 3,000-seat stadium there. I had no idea they had such a nice facility. It was really cool, really cool place. But, yeah, you kind of had these little gems here and there that were that were kind of nice. And then you also go to these little places like Hayes State in Kansas <laughs> where they have just basically just a few bleachers. Right. It's interesting, It's though. a recreation park. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how the difference, the different types. But you do see a lot of things that are – a lot of stadiums that are a little bit better than you thought, a lot of – people you see that have put some like Illinois State I was blown away at how nice of a facility they had and they're you know they've become good over the last few years uh, at uh, at Illinois State so yeah you, you see a little good and bad Penn State was the one that really blew me away though on that trip I finally got to see Penn State I've always wanted to see their football stadium okay unfortunately I couldn't sneak into that but it's yeah jumping fences and that yeah that one was too <laughs> locked up like the tyrant Tom Thumbs ass man I was I tried but I couldn't get it I couldn't get into their baseball stadium either but i did i was able to find some vantage points take pictures over this over the fences <laughs> but they play in a minor league facility and i'm just oh, like really? yeah they play in a minor league park that's really nice it's right next to the football stadium um who's the minor league i, can't remember. I was team. just trying to think of the name of who that is uh, it single a yeah it's some single a i can't remember the name though i really can't for the life of me but they share it with them and it's it seems first class really nice i really hope penn state uh, makes something of it because that's a great facility that they moved into so it's it's been there for i want to say about eight or ten years now i guess so let's pause for our sponsor before restarting our conversation with eric well, there's so, yeah. two hidden gems I don't understand, and maybe you're going to be able to explain it to me, that I don't understand <laughs> how they're really not good. national powers. How they're not national not powers? Not national powers, okay. right? They should be every recruit's number one spot. Their 11.7 mm. scholarship should be filled up every year. Yeah. And they are within 120 miles of each other. Pepperdine 
and mm. Santa Barbara. How are those two schools mm. not national powers? Bernard <laughs> has an absolutely gorgeous location. Yes. Yeah, I remember right. the first time driving with the team, Fullerton, on the bus up to Pepperdine, and there's that grassy hill with a bunch of half-naked co-ed <laughs> students laying out, and I'm just thinking, oh, this is going to be a great day of baseball. Yeah. And then, you know, Santa Barbara's like got a lagoon. Yes. Again, it's right on the beach. They it's a right beautiful location. It's a beautiful school. How are they not well, national power? Here's the thing I will say that's going to contradict that is I thought I, I think Andrew Chekets has done a great job with, suit, rec- with them but just I mean, the re- last few years. But 30 years they should have been. They oh, should yeah. be a C. Oh, as like, far as that goes, yes, yeah. they should. For years, they yes. were always just very middle of the road. Oh, middle of the road. We would go there. Ryan Ermling and I would go because their games were day because they didn't have lights. Yeah. And so we'd go there, and then we'd just venture around the city because <laughs> it was an easy win. It's it, true. Uh, but, yeah, there, those two places are two of the places that if I was a high school senior and I could go anywhere I wanted to as a baseball player, I might have to hang my cleats at one of those two right. locales. because Not because they have the greatest facilities, just because – well, A, Pepperdine has probably some of the best co-eds in the country. I don't know if I should say that. Yeah, screw it. Yeah, yes, I mean, and, and Santa Barbara kind of the same way, just that location. I, uh, I, made, a tw- I made a Twitter post when, it, when, <laughs> when Santa Barbara got eliminated from the College World Series, and even Ryan McGee gave me a comment on this. <laughs> I put a comment. They got eliminated. I can't remember who beat them, but they won one game in Omaha. They won one and two, and when they got beat, I put down a, a picture of their campus, I think, and I wrote down, yeah, sure, UC Santa Barbara got eliminated today, but when they go home, they still get to live in Santa Barbara, California. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. Ryan was like, that's really smart. That's true. They do get to do that. Yes. But yeah, those are tough places uh, just because of the, the, the campuses aren't, aren't, it's not like a huge facility. Their facilities aren't the greatest, but their location uh, I hope Rick Hertensteiner doesn't hate me for this. He should be able to bring in so many athletes oh to that God. location. But him and him and uh, and uh, oh, why am I drawing the blank here? Uh, Steve Rodriguez, the coach oh, before that. Former, yes, both of them have done a good job. I think with that program. I think you know because they've never had a season where they're under five hundred. Right. They they've might never not been make horrible. The, they might not make the right. NCAA tournament every year. I think that has more to do with the West Coast Conference than anything. They should be. Yes. They're always a little bit better than they are than their than they uh, their RPI says. But I think they've helped. They've kept that program being good and relevant. Um, it's a beautiful view. For years. I mean, oh, it's, it's great. Gorgeous. It's my favorite place to watch a game. Yeah. Uh, the people at Mississippi State get pissed when I say, "Well, you should see a game here." I actually have seen a game there. It's been years ago now. I haven't right. seen their new facilities, but there's nothing that beats seeing going to a Pepperdine game. Their field is always usually pretty immaculate. Oh. The baseball yeah. level of play is always good. It's always better than people think, and and the view is outstanding, of course. And uh, I often like to go there, like go to the beach for a couple of hours, then go drive up and go to the <laughs> go to a game. That's like one of the things I like to do when I go to Pepperdine. It's just kind of a kind of a ritual I like to do from time to time. I just had this wonderful memory going because I always would make that trip there in <laughs> LMU because it was day games. Yeah, you know it was midweek games, so you know freshman Ricky Romero would be pitching on two. Tuesday and Pepperdine, he'd go four innings and just shove. <laughs> and I'm sitting there shooting warm, you know, shooting guys warming up and everything, and then Horton yelling out, Maddie, come here. Yeah. Come on over. I come over. And Pam Anderson's son was the ball boy for Pepperdine. He'd be like, can you take a picture of the coaching staff right. with this lovely lady? Right. I was, <laughs> okay, sure. I was there, I, I, I should say, there was one time Coach Rodriguez at the time, he gave me a hint, he said, hey, just thought I'd let you know, Pam Anderson's throwing out the first pitch in our game on Saturday. I was like, are you shitting me? Oh, I'm going then I'll for be- sure. I'll be there. 
goddamn LA traffic got me late. I, Are you I, kidding? And I always leave early. I always leave with enough time. And LA, there was something bad. Were you at Gladstones? PCH? No, no. I was. It was going up Pacific Coast Highway. You never know. You know it's like. You never know if there's an accident. PCH gets shut down, you're screwed. Done. You're done. Call it. It wasn't bad, but it was backed up enough to where I missed the first bit. I missed her. And she oh, left right after right, that, too. So. Yeah, she did her job. Luckily, I got a picture from the athletic department that <laughs> let me use it in my article. I had to act like I was there. That's one of the times, just between you and me, that's when I lied about something. <laughs> I acted like I was there, but I really wasn't. Shit, I was so pissed. Now, if, you, if I'm a kid and I got a choice between Arkansas mm-hmm. and Santa Barbara... <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, Arkansas is a wonderful place. We're ta- but it's not Santa Barbara. We are two Californians talking about that. If I grew up in Springdale, Arkansas, I might be saying, holy shit, look at this place. It's like a pro stadium and a pro facility. I'm not going to rinky dink Santa look Barbara. Like that. I know. That's true. That's true. But I'm 18. I'm with you on that one, though. Yeah. I'm totally with you there. I Santa Barbara, call me there. a gaucho. Yeah, I remember going the first time and just going, oh. <laughs> God, why is this place not a powerhouse? <laughs> well, again, I think the coaches out of there have done they're well doing their since. Best. Yeah, they're, they're doing, doing their they're best. doing well now, and I still think, in fact, in my upcoming preseason top twenty-five, I have peppered. I mean, uh, Santa Barbara in my preseason top twenty-five for next year because they were off to a great start last spring. They were beat, uh, swept Oregon State up at Oregon. Were they undefeated or a lot, uh, one no, law, like twelve yeah, and one, 15, and... 15 and three? I think okay. they were, but. He they, got were just, they were just kicking ass, so they're yeah. going to have a hell of a team this year, I think. So that'll be fun to 15, see. 15, right? Was Say it f- again? They, did they go in 15? Oh, to the World Series. Yeah. I think that was they 2015. Wrote, they rode that pitcher. He did great. Oh, uh, Shane Bieber. That's right. Shane got Bieber. Got him there. And then they went off the rails a little bit, and he got him back on track. God, that was a great team. And, and hitting that, grand, that <laughs> Sam Cohen hitting the grand slam in, in well, extra innings to, to send him to Omaha. Right, but that's that's the experience factor. Once they yeah. got to Omaha, they just they thought that was it. They were at Omaha, and they didn't realize that that's not it. <laughs> that's not it's not about getting to Omaha. Yep, yep. And oh, I, I'm sure. Yeah, if they would have gone back again the next year, I'm sure they would. It's one of those things like you know, Fullerton goes enough to where they know what to expect. Right. So that's kind of one of their advantages, but. Well, again, you say that, and then a, then a team like Coastal or Fresno, that was their first and only time to go but forever. Was that, but was that senior leadership? Yeah, that's the senior leadership thing. Yeah, true, right. true. I'm not crapping yeah. my pants. That's true. I, I, know, <laughs> that's what, right. Right? I know what I'm I know doing. What do, yep, I know what and to expect. I, I know what the going to do. Because I think at Santa Barbara, I think a lot of those guys were completely unexpected of that season. They had never had a season like that mm-hmm. before. So even that season being that good to them was new territory. Yeah, yeah Like, yeah. oh, my God, we're beating people. I think that's what Coach Chekets is trying to get them over now. And I think he's done that, kind of get them over the fact that, oh, my God, we can play with these guys. Well, of course we can play with them. Oh, now we can beat these guys, of course. Right. That's kind of the progression I yeah. think he's got them on. That's, that's the key to coaching. I think Dave's going to do that at Northridge. Dave. Oh, Dave Serrano. Serrano. Yeah. I think he, because he had them going too. He, he's going to take a little while to get that attitude and understanding of like, stop saying we're just Northridge. <laughs> like, we're, you got a scholarship just like that guy. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. make you better. You're going to put in the hard work. Valley State. Right. Yeah. He's, I actually was just texting with him earlier today because I was, I was going to do a small write up of him and, I mean, of, of the program going into 2021. Uh, just kind of a fall report type thing. But he was saying, he's like, yeah, we're really excited about what we got. We think we're going to be able to challenge for the Big West title this year. Hawaii's kid, uh, uh, Mike Trapasso, 
said the same thing to me. He said, "We thought 2020 was the year where we we could go to the uh, to the uh, I'm sorry to the regionals. Right. We thought we had a regionals type team. So I know this is going a little bit off the rabbit trail, but I think the Big West Conference is going to be really good this year. Really, I good. hope so. I, and 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 Dave Serrano is and and Andrew Check. It's they're some of the they're part of the the part of the the uh, solution to that their coaches the. Big West has gotten better coaching over the last few years, too. And, uh, oh, Eric Valenzuela at at Long Beach, I did a fall report with him, too. They're just loaded, too, and they had a great start to last season. So, yeah. Okay, so we're not off the rabbit trail. Let's talk about this because Long Beach, to me, it's bothered. I started working there in 96. They had all those runs. They had some great people, players. Guys that have come through there are amazing. Dave Snow. Right. I remember my my, Dave Snow trying to get on the podcast because that unbelievable He's another mystery man. Like he's hmm. so like when he left and walked away from Long Beach, he's, yeah, he done. was gone. He was like never heard from him again. Right. Like he just shows up in like you know boat, boat shoes and a Hawaiian shirt and just quietly makes <laughs> he's around. Like, like when Johnny Carson left Tonight Show, yeah, never heard gone. from him again. He just played tennis and drank. Yep, That's it. Yep. Banged on the drums. <laughs> but they like Steve Janis, the SID said to me, I was supposed to go to the College World Series with them. My first year, they go. And he says, oh, don't worry about it. We go all the time. We'll take you next time. <laughs> is this uh, the 90s? This is 96. Uh, oh, 96. Well, it was the 97 okay. year, right? I started in oh, okay. 96, 97. They've never been back since. Never have. That's right. Clinton was in office. That's, right. that's how long ago they were. <laughs> Second term Clinton. Yeah. And, and I said to Rick a couple years ago, I said, are they ever going to get back to being where Fullerton and Long Beach were top uh, 10. I love that rivalry, yeah. Right? Weaver, and he's going at it with Windsor and those <laughs> games, right. and you got Tulo and just players. Oh, and yeah. he goes, I hope so, but they've had some rough times, mm-hmm. but we've got better coaching in the Big West. Wise, like you said, might get their act together. Will not playing last year help like the smaller, and I hate to say that, smaller schools yeah. get a little better? Sure. Sure, I'd said it from whenever the season was first given the axe. I said this. My first reaction was, I think this is going to help the mid majors a lot because they're already going to. A lot of them were already going to be experienced, but they also going to get everybody back. I, I guess Long Beach just. Talking with them, I mean, they had Seminaris, their ace pitcher did leave, and their best hitter, Jones. So they did have two guys that left that got drafted because they were good. Right. But yeah, I, I think, and, and plus the fact that, and we're talking about Long Beach here, you win a series against Mississippi State, you sweep Wake Forest, a good Wake Forest uh-huh. team, that had to just give them so much confidence out the yin-yang. I think that's going to help them a lot. And Eric Valenzuela, to me... Um, because they the were abused a little bit that that last year with Troy. That was ugly. Oh, I know. And I love, I love, I love that uh, Troy, uh, Buck, Jump, Troy, uh, Buckley. Troy Buckley. Yeah, I love Troy Buckley. I and do I'm too. really shocked that they didn't do better with him at the helm. I know they had some good year. I mean, obviously right. that year where they what was it 18 when 18 it was Fullerton, Fullerton and, them, right? and that, Super Regional that was yeah that Ninth was inning, winner the take rival, all. rivalry was back. That couldn't have been happier about right. that. But yeah, he really hit hard times, and he's better coached than that. I know, but. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I think Eric Valenzuela is the right guy for the gig. I think he's going to bring them back to not going to be mediocre anymore. And I think I think he's 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 thinking his teams are going to be NCAA tournament teams every year now. Do you think Gil can get SC back on track? Oh, I and, like that hire too. Yeah, and I throw. SC in like the mids because they haven't been a major power since Gillespie's no. been there. They've yeah. just been this fortunate to be in the Pac-12. I know, it's so sad. I That's, can't believe I say that, but it's, it's true. It's one of the sad things that uh, for many years, 
they were the they were the shit. I mean, they were at Omaha every year. I hated them because the they beat everybody. They were the brand yeah. of college baseball. And Coach Dato. What at 12? 12 championships yeah, or something 12 like that? National championships. Jesus. Oh, I gotta tell you a story about my father introduced me to Rod Dato. Oh, God. Anyway, <laughs> I'll, I'll get to it. But Let's no, do it. <laughs> but no, J- uh, Jason Gill, another good coach. He really impressed me when they when he took LMU to UCLA uh, two years ago. Yes, yeah. When they played the regional there, they could have and maybe even should have beat UCLA to go to the Super Regionals, which would have been against Michigan, who ended up going to the championship. Right. But that team had so much energy and had good talent, but he had that team playing so well. I think that really got him the USC job. I think he'll do that. He'll do good there. He comes from, and you know this better than I, comes from that coaching tree of right. you know, Vanderhoek uh, all the way back to Garrido and all that. Uh-huh. He, he comes from that Fullerton coaching tree that just usually has good success no matter where they go. Um, it, so that's why I think you see USC made a, made a really good hire with him. So. In my opinion, right. So, so okay, when we have good hires, this is a Mike Greenley's on eyes. Like we sit, we could sit in a car for five hours on a drive and, and banter about <laughs> good <laughs> hires and bad hires. And yeah. this is where ads really have their head up their ass sometimes. I uh, I respect Tony Gwynn as a baseball player, mm. probably one of the best left-handed hitters. Oh, great! To, right, yeah. an unbelievable athlete. People forget he played basketball Point guard. at San Diego That's State. Right, right? <laughs> starting right? guard. Right, all, all all whatever they were, whatever conference they were, and he was all right. conference at I the mean, time. I remember Danny Ainge saying when they would go mm. at it, he was they were unbelievable battles with Tony Gwynn. You're like, wait, Tony Gwynn? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yes. <laughs> and but Love to that. hire him at San Diego State was like. A great bad hire because can you fire yeah, now the guy that's true. whose name is on the on the ballpark? Yeah, and then Gwyn never felt to me like he took it seriously because he's at Omaha doing you know doing play by play and oh he's, yeah that's he would true. show up and sweats and he wouldn't ride with the bus and and you're just kind of yeah, like that was a weird one because you couldn't not hire him if you're San Diego State right he's an Aztec through and through had his son with him at the time I think when he got hired yes. I think his son was still playing one more year but and he was. Supposed to come to Fullerton. His dad gets hired and he oh, goes to really? San Diego State. Yes, right? he was signed, locked up to go oh. to Fullerton. <laughs> dad retires, goes to San Diego State. Yep. He goes to. F- Damn it! I didn't know that. Yeah. that's something I did not. And know. And you're just like, oh boy, <laughs> I know your dad's and great, but sometimes you don't want to play for your dad. That would have been, oh, Fullerton years, 2000, 2001. That is yeah. Omaha years there yes. too. So, oh, Jesus, Shane uh. and and, and uh, um, the Chiefs on that team, all kinds of oh, stuff. Cordero, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's a tough one that, because you can't not hire him and then you can't fire him. So I wonder what would have happened if he'd have never got cancer, if he would have – what would have ended up happening. Right. Is, he, uh, is he still Does there? he finally figure it out and turn it around or not? But, like, I also think about – here's another perfect example of good hires, bad hires. I think USC and Tennessee kind of in the same way. Not great hires over the years, but Dave Serrano – He's a good hire for Fullerton. He's a bad hire for Tennessee. He's a good hire, great hire for for Cal State Northridge. And I remember Coach Bergeron, uh, Greg Bergeron, yep. was an assistant yep. under him at Tennessee. And I was, I asked him, I was like, "What the hell happened at Tennessee?" I thought, you know, Serrano really loved being there. He loved yes, being back I at don't Tennessee. Understand what happened? Had every everything he needed, and Bergeron said, "You know what? We really screwed up that deal. We thought we could bring kids from California out there and play for us and play that style, and we just couldn't do it. And that's kind of what that was part of. Not that wasn't the full reason, obviously, right. but that was part of why it just didn't work out. Well, Augie did that at Illinois. 
He, no, tried, no, he right. tried that. That's another that's bad right. hire. He yep. tried that, too. I'll bring California kids to Illinois. Didn't work. Didn't work. But Texas, at Texas, it, it was but it, it te- was tough at first. Right. He, he, was, kind of, he was kind of crappy right. at first, but then he figured it out. And worked. He, he tells me, he told me in a story, and it, uh, he's going for the interview at Texas. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's at Fuller, and he goes to the interview, and he, and he excuses himself to use the restroom. <laughs> that year prior, they finished second place at the College World Series. Mm. The bathroom door was propped up by the second place trophy. <laughs> and he goes, Oh crap. That's how serious they take it here. Yeah, you're second in deep place shit. holds the shitter door. That's right. Like, that's it. You're like, in deep shit if you don't oh, succeed. Oh God, this is real. And he, he and he worked it though. I mean he, he, he stumbled at first and they had they had some they had some middle of the road teams yes. with him, but I kind of always figured he'd turn it around. He's at Texas. He's got right. everything he needs. So right. I was glad he did. Uh, and, I thought that was great. Another bad hire is hiring uh, Troy over at Riverside. Like he Troy, had no, oh, no, Troy Percival. Troy yeah. Percival. He had no head coaching experience. He played there. Mm, is the yeah, AD hiring him only because by name? <laughs> like, Kind of, yes. I mean, it's kind it's of a foolish. Tony Gwynn thing. You kind of have to hire the guy, I guess. I don't know. They had that guy. Oh, God, was coach. San Diego State was at least a decent school baseball-wise. Riverside yeah. is on the verge of cutting athletics. They're, yeah, they're, they're, he's up against it no matter what. No, he's That's gone. True. He left. Oh, I didn't. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah I'm, like, I'm forgetting that. And yes. athletics is saying they're going to cut sports possibly. Oh, God. So, Imagine. So we lose Riverside. Right, right. And that's just when da- Cal Baptist is coming into the conference. As, like, Dallas Baptist was a great power in Division Two. I'm really excited to see how they handle things in the Big right. West. I think yeah, that'll be get, fun to see. they get Bakersfield and Sandy University. Baker- oh, you, you UC see San, San Diego. Diego. That's right. That's Another Division Two. That'll be interesting to see what happens there, too. This was supposed to be their first year in the conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that. Do we think we're going to have baseball? I I think so because here's why I think so because and and it's going to get back to a money thing but I think there's too much money to lose in the SEC especially ACC Big 12 those schools are going to really just banter bad to have baseball now what does that mean for us in California not sure but it's a good thing that we see basketball going on I think I think baseball. There's going to be enough of a drum up for baseball as well. I think they're going to play it now. Are they going to play non-conference games? I don't know. Uh, who was it? Uh, I want to see how long though basketball goes. They're already dropping games because of COVID. Well, that's true. Yeah, you that's know, true. Fullerton's women's game got postponed. At Fullerton, men's basketball had a breakout. They're well, suspended the ten days. Here's the good thing about us with baseball: we have until practically March if we right. want to. Yes. There's this whole virus. I mean, uh, uh, the vaccine. The vaccine that's going to be coming around. We hope soon enough. But so does it that might get save to the, that? But does that get to the tier of the normal person, right. not like first responders, healthcare oh, workers? Oh well, yeah. That'll, uh, but here's the thing, though. Won't athletic directors kind of look and say, okay, the vaccine is starting to get dispersed now. By the time it comes, by the time March comes around, or at least by the time College World Series, surely everybody will have it for the most part, or right. at least you know most of us will. So I think that's kind of going to be the 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 carrot dangled in front that's going to keep them wanting to play, to make the season happen no matter what right. early on. I was talking to Mike Trapasso. He said that he had heard one school in the Big West, he wouldn't tell me who it was, has already has already said they might not play any non-conference games. That'll be a bummer, but at least, you know, we're still talking about playing playing baseball. Right. So. And so, okay, here becomes, I'll play devil's advocate. Go ahead. What if I'm the kid who says, I don't want to take the vaccine, I don't trust it. <laughs> yeah, now, that's are true. you forced to not, or, or does the school say you can't play then? And then my dad's a lawyer and I come suing, <laughs> right? Because you can't, you can't force them to take the vaccine. That's true. So there's this, this 
eight was is an eight? Do you want to get in a lawsuit with somebody's, you know, Beverly Hills father? I'd never thought about that. Yeah, I really hadn't. I had not even given that a second. I, there thought. was an article in the LA Times. But today. But that's interesting. Right, there's an article in the LA Times today. Will blacks trust a vaccine? Mm. Right. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's a it's a very possibility. Like, there's a lot of kids who are like, I don't want to touch it. Right. And with the <laughs> with the popularity of non vaccinating kids nowadays, right. which is unfortunate, you're like, oh god, that totally could happen. You're right. Yeah. So then, I do don't you, know that you can't. But if they get sick or if they do catch it, you gotta just say, all right, you're done for the year or something, right. or at least whatever it is, two weeks. But because you know, there's lawyers sitting around right now in Indianapolis with all every case scenario, trying to figure out what do we do. That's a good point. I really hadn't thought about that, but that's something that, yeah, that might be a reality. But I still think that they're going to try and play baseball. I think that that especially, again, at the Power 5 schools, there's still money to be had. I, I think they're right. going to give it a go. Now, at Texas, they can afford to vaccinate three times a week because that's what the minimum NCAA requirement is. There's other schools, though, like at Northridge, yeah, Sac yeah. State. Can they afford Six hundred dollars a week per kid. That's right. I mean, that it becomes a money thing. It again. certainly does. It's that's a damn where, shame. But that's where you cut you cut down on. Okay, no road trips to you know, Fullerton can't go to play, I'll, play right. Texas Tech this year or, or something we, like that. Well, do you go to Hawaii or do you have to sit well, out for two weeks? That's interesting. Hawaii is going to be a, a different animal. That's for sure. Right. That'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Gosh, you can't take a dog to Hawaii. How do you right. take a kid who hasn't vaccinated? Yes, that's true. Hawaii could be up against it a little bit and Trapas was saying he already realizes they're going to probably be playing a lot of games against Hawaii Hilo and Hawaii Pacific but out how's there. But, but, but I know that's I'm just saying that's right. what he's kind of looking at and hoping that by the time the season comes around or at least into March and April things turn around and, and we can be a little bit more to normal or I guess. do they just rent out a, a Marriott and stay in the mainland for Ooh, didn't think five about months that. and then do Zoom <laughs> classes actually classes are all online anyway right, right? Okay. oh I should have asked him that okay so now because I, because I talked to Fullerton soccer coach they got a kid mm-hmm. in Italy he is not going to come to America until he is told they are playing games. Oh, he's a he's, he's a student. He, they signed. Okay, right, he's, okay, right. I got so you. He's in Italy. Okay, he plays men's soccer. But I'm not going to come. Come to California, practice, have to pay a dorm, food, not you know, and I'm, then not have a season. Then, yeah, and then not have a season. Yeah. And like I'm out thousands of dollars. There's still a lot of athletes that are not on campus because yeah. they're oh, sure. living out of state. So you've got this issue. You're going to have, like, like if it stays the way, if it happened right now, if the season was supposed to be happening right now, you'd have a lot of opt-outs, obviously. But, right. You know, the, the situation of the kid in Italy is an obvious one, but I think you'd still have a lot of opt-outs just like in pro, I mean, in, the pro, in college football is kind of dealing with. So, yeah, look for that to possibly happen too. But that is certainly going to be an issue uh, moving forward. I, I, God, you're bringing up all these things I didn't think about. I thought we were going to talk about like my childhood in Omaha. <laughs> Forget all this COVID crap. Damn well, it, it's, it's bumming me but out. It's, but, it's, but the thing is, it's, it's, the, it's the monster, the gorilla. It's the in gorilla the room in the room. Yeah. That yeah. these ADs are going to have to come to grips with. They're all thinking, hey, we're going to do it. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not vaccinating my. And like, like you said, it certainly could be a money thing. For schools like like the state schools in, in California, could be totally a money right. thing, and and so I would hate for it to be a thing where it turns out that only you know the Power Five conferences are the only ones that are able to play, or because you know they have the more the more money and be and resources and all that. That would really bum me out. Right. And so then, what is the College World Series? What do you think there? What do they do? Do they do like the, the God? I what, know. Uh, what's I don't like, know, like the, 
NCAA bat, the yeah. Final Four, or the NCAA tournament, I guess, right. is going to be all in a, a quasi-bubble in Indiana. And, and I don't think that ever happens. Who's flipping that bill? I don't know. I mean, but, well, the NCAA has, has to make it happen. They're not going to... 66 teams they're going to pay for to go there? Well, here's the thing, though. The NCAA tournament... The NCA, I should say, lost out on what was it like three hundred eighty million? Yeah. Because of no basketball tournament last right. year, they're not going to lose out on another three hundred eighty million. No matter how it looks, no matter how, I think they might. You know, who knows? They might change the number of teams, make it a little bit smaller or something. But they're not going to lose out on that money again. They can't. And and that's why I think it kind of helps college baseball in a sense that they want the College World Series to be played too. It's not as big a money maker, um, obviously. But the NCA baseball tournament is the second biggest money maker. Next to NCAA basketball, so they, I think they'll want to make it happen somehow. Um, is it a little bit different this year? Yeah, probably a lot right. different. It might be a thing if it's still, if it still isn't widespread enough. They, it might be a thing where there's twenty percent fans there, and shit. Who knows? Maybe they cut back on media too. I might, I might be a doing it remotely. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not an essential media person. I guess I don't know, but I don't even know what so. that means anymore. That's true. Yeah. So but yeah, that'll be interesting. It's and it's it's. Certainly a gorilla in the room, and it's certainly something I'm scared about. What how it affects our sport this year, right? I, uh, I I want to see Fullerton play. I just don't think it happens financially. Mm. Just from what you I mean, know, at all you're saying, yeah, at all. I know they right now men's basketball is not. Women try. They got destroyed by UCLA. It's just you know because they only had so many practices. Girls mm-hmm. tried to come in and shape because they haven't done anything oh, yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I'm worried about baseball. You got guys who didn't go to the Cape Cod League or any league. They haven't played legit baseball. Yeah. They can't. They weren't just so recently allowed to be near each other. Right. Right. What are the pitchers' arms going to look like? What are well, I sure hope they have the discipline to be taking right. <laughs> taking it seriously so, with their. But home, you're not but 19, and remember yeah. that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah, it's different. And and yeah, I've, I've been doing instead of fall reports. I mean, there's a lot of college colleges out here, including the some some of the ones we've talked about, like uh, um, like Pepperdine, USC. And Northridge that aren't aren't even having fall practice this year. Right. But there, there's others that are, like UCLA is going through fall camp right now, and, right. and uh, I think Santa Barbara has kicked theirs off. And and uh, that's an advantage. Yeah. And so that's going to be a huge advantage. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of. I, it's one of these things where, like, for uh, Eric Valenzuela at Long Beach State, I talked with him, and I did a write up that'll be on the site here soon on the D1 baseball site. But I did a write up on him saying, you know, how much is it going to affect your team? And he's like, well, it might affect us a little bit, but we're not going to make excuses. That's not what we're right, about. So, yeah, we're, we're going to still be kicking ass. We don't care. We're going to make ourselves good no matter what. So it's going to be interesting. It's it, Most teams around the country have fall practice and some don't, and a lot of those are out here out here with us just because of the different protocols and the different with the state and uh, money and all that. So, right. yeah, so that'll, that'll I mean, be it, different. It hurt when I knew that the World Series wasn't going to be in Omaha yeah, because it, was... it meant so much to that town. Yep. And yep. I don't, did they miss it during World War II or during anything? Well, like... college, no, it was after World War II. Omaha was, first year of Omaha was uh, 1949, I guess. Wait, 47, 48, 40, oh, 1950 was the first year in Omaha. Okay. So they missed, but they, yeah, they've played it every year since. I mean, obviously, it hasn't okay. been affected. And the College World Series didn't start till 47, so it was after World War II. Because huh. didn't George Bush Sr. 
playing mm-hmm. the College World yeah, Series for right Yale. from Yale. Yeah, that was and that was the first one that was at uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Uh, George George Senior was uh, was the first baseman. Right. Yeah. I just don't I, I just don't want there to be two years where they don't oh, have it. Again, I but can't imagine. But they don't want it to not. be an SCT tournament either. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I I don't either. And uh, right, it's Texas A and M and then eleven teams. I still think it might be one of those things where it's mostly Power Five teams. Um, Playing playing as close to full schedules and playing in the postseason. We'll see though. I, hopefully it changes. Knock on. Yeah, this thing's made Knock wood. on wood. Knock on wood. Crying out loud. Who, anyway, who's been the best player you've seen? And we're gonna probably set some people on fire for saying this. <laughs> but who, who you've seen in your let's say your media career? Oh, because seventeen my, years. I'll give you seventeen. My knee-jerk reaction was an easy one up I until know. then because I was gonna say Katze. Right. Not necessarily. In well, this well Katze because. And and Winfield because they were the two way players, right. which right. is always kind of an advantage when you're talking about best players. Let's say last twenty years. But the last twenty because years, the game and Mike and I because Mike played with Katze. The game's different just for the bat sake, the nutrition, the yeah. lifting. Yeah. Not that everybody looks like Dave Winfield, but <laughs> high school kids are lifting more. They're eating better. They're playing year round. Mm-hmm. You know, th- there's well, everything's different as far as you know, pre- uh, preparation for play now and and how much how many hours. Hours you put into it and everything, but if you go back just 17 years, I want to say like um, Pat Burrell when he was at Miami. Okay, and he's a Bay Area guy. Right. Uh, Pat Burrell, you just looked at him and he said, "Jesus, this guy's like a he looks like a linebacker now." And he's right. a freshman when he played at Miami. Freaky, <laughs> yeah, absolutely freaky. And uh, I want to say like Houston Street. I don't know if I'm thinking about this enough because Houston Street was so good and ended up in the bigs really quickly too. And he had, I think he set the record for four, like four saves in the College World Series. I think so, in that 05 year. I think that's the year, yeah. I want to say that was the year he did that. God, those are the first, like some of the first two that come to my mind. But actually, Pat Burrell would be out of that 17 year period. Damn it. Yeah, that would be that nice because he played 98. <laughs> Crap. Making, really, making your math work hard today. I, really, I know, and I'm terrible at math. I went to LSU. Come on. <laughs> Terrible at that shit. Uh, the admissions office is going to be calling after this. <laughs> well, like I said, hopefully things have changed. Yeah, I, those those are the names that come to mind right now. I, I'm pr- probably drawing a little okay, bit so of a I'll, blank, I'll, but I'll, I'll throw this while your mind's spinning. Good. Why is Stanford's? Baseball players always look like they should be playing football. Why do they have like four or five guys that are like, oh, you, you're the third string linebacker? They always do. They've got dudes. Yeah, yeah. Dudes, and, and like just butts, quads, and shoulders. And they got to get guys that have money because you can't go to Stanford. I mean, on a partial scholarship, that's right. going to be expensive as crap. That's so. forty-five a year on a partial scholarship. Yeah, and they get guys that kind of like the LSU guys in the mid nineties. They, which, well, those guys were on steroids, but they look. <laughs> they have guy always have guys that look like they're just yoked. Yeah, and and you're right. Yeah, and a lot of those guys, like a lot of Carlos, guys sometime I remember him. Carlos at, Quinton. Yes, um, I remember him at Fullerton, and I was yeah. like, and I'm in the that that first base well right by the dugout there, and he kept going to high five guys, and I was like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, that's one of the things that. You're not like, supposed to look. And, and, and they're wearing gray, not even pinstriped yeah. and situate yeah. muscles. He's just in flat, ugly gray, and he still looked like he was ready to tear out of the uniform. Isn't it weird, dude? Because, like, Fullerton for a couple of years started getting guys that were smaller and smaller and right. smaller, and Stanford guys seemed to always get bigger. But Connie. 
uh, uh, Karopsy, Hank. I always like being around those guys because I can put my arms around them and be like, hey, little fella. <laughs> but then you, you get like Nick Ramirez around me. I'm like, oh, Jesus, yeah. you're huge. Get out of here. But that's why you love it when Fullerton makes yeah. it Omaha because they make it with guys <laughs> right. that are just, you know. Yeah, Ricky Pedro uh, Richie Pedroza. Pedroza like, yeah. Bring him around. I'll hug oh, that yeah. little guy all day long. <laughs> and it was neat because Rick Vanderhoek told me a couple years ago, he's like, yeah, we made it Omaha last year, whenever that was. We made it to Omaha, but we need to start looking. We need to start getting guys that are bigger. Like all those SEC yes. teams we play, we can't match up with those guys, even though they should have beat Vanderbilt, if not for that rain delay. Which is horseshit. They sh that was so – Yes, Thomas yes. was shoving it Tom, on uh, them. Thomas Eshelman. Eshelman, yeah. Yes. Yeah. God, that was, a that was a bummer. But, yeah, he so he talked about it, and he has the last few years. You've probably noticed they've gotten a little bit – those guys are a little bit more yoked now right. than they've had He's recruited that. Years. Guys yeah. with taller, broader yep. shoulders look like you. Right, not that they're Richie Pedroja is a problem, but if you're going to compete at <laughs> the next level because everybody else is bringing in dudes, right? You got to have dudes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because I remember when uh, Sergio Pedroza was there, and this little kid was running around taking infield at a practice, <laughs> and I'm like, "Who's that?" And they're like, "Oh, that's his little brother." And brother they're like, "Richie, he's making all kinds of crazy plays with a glove that looks like a softball outfield glove, yep, and yep. everything." And then seven, and then there he is. six, seven years later, he's no, not much bigger, but he's. On the team. That's how you know you're getting old. You get these kids that are like bat boys, and then they turn out to be players. You're like, oh, okay. like, holy shit. Next time you see Greenlee, you want to make him feel old? Ask him who his uh, bullpen catcher was or warm-up buddy was. Oh, wait. I might have known this. Or should, you, or should I'll save it for when I see him. Okay. Uh, we'll just spill the beans now. It was Turner. Justin oh, Turner. Oh, it's Justin Turner. Okay. Yes. Wow, he was well, a bullpen catcher. Or not a bullpen catcher, but, but he was the he was like the fourth bat boy, and he would run down there. Oh, you're talking about as a bat boy. Yeah, oh, as a yeah, bat yeah, yeah, boy, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Like this little teeny skinny redhead <laughs> in 96 would down there and throw oh my God, that's Mr. Right. Greenlee, yeah, I'm as, thinking as he called yeah. him, Mr. Greenlee. Oh, that's too good. And here he is, a World Series <laughs> yeah. winner now. and playing. But God, how many years has he been in the big leagues now? Uh I mean, that's been like more than at least he ever 12 imagined. or so, right? Yeah. More than he ever imagined. Do you remember when he got hit in the face in the College World Series, the way his cheek looked? Yes. And people always forget that he busted his ankle on the same play? Twisting. Or, yeah. Twisting to get out of the way. God, that was an so, unbelievable. Yeah. Well, uh, so that happens, and he gets busted up, and he leaves, and he comes back. And right. then we lose to Stanford because uh, Johnny Ash. It's Johnny his, Ash, that's it's his right. his first ever home run against Johnny Cordero. <laughs> of all right, people. Of all people. Throws this nasty slider like away and everything, and he closes his I eyes totally and, remember and that. just bing. And, yep. and Cordero was like, "You gotta no be shitting me! Way. You gotta you're kidding. be shitting me!" Yep. Ninety-nine and a half. That kid doesn't God. hit that. Forlton had some teams, man. Red comes back, and the team's devastated. We catch like the first flight out. He can't talk. He's in a boot. Oh wow! He's a freshman, yeah. so he's getting the freshman treatment. Like carry the balls, <laughs> carry the bags. Cheeks out to here. Right, cheeks out to here. I throw all of his gear onto my cart with all my photo stuff and I like my fatherly instincts kick in yeah. and I'm like moving him along helping him and we're, it's early in the morning at the airport and the <laughs> only thing he can eat is a maple 
bar donut, and I'm dipping it into milk, <laughs> and I'm feeding it to him so he can slide it into his mouth and oh, eat, and that's kid. all he had, and the painkillers are, are coming off, and oh, I'm like, yeah. you know, it's after 10, you got to take your next one. <laughs> they only last so many hours. It was. He I, deserved a national championship, he damn it. did. Yeah, I'm that glad, was some unbelievable. I'm glad he got it the next yeah, year. Yeah, well, and I'm glad he ended up being a World Series. I, I thought that was really cool, yeah. too. Yeah, good it's legacy there. It's interesting to see those kids like that. When that was happening, I was trying not to shed a tear in front of my family while he's, you know, sh- you know running around the ballpark. Because I'm like, I fed that poor little yeah, bird yeah. with his broken wing. <laughs> this maple donut dunked in milk. <laughs> and you're nursing him back to health. Yeah. Just- yeah, you don't think for that. Yeah, sure. I'm that a was ball me. Player, that's like, but yeah, but the best thing he w- ever did was get away from the Mets, and yeah, he was well, able to get to the Dodgers. That's and, true. If you yeah. think about it, though, Red Turner wasn't necessarily one of those big body type dudes either. Nope. So he was like a typical Fullerton guy that ended up still making it to the big leagues yeah. despite being a little bit more uh, smaller stature. Right. So well, that's he impressive. Played, he played with shorter guys. He Karopsi was was playing with him, mm. and he was a second baseman. That's he didn't right. have a, a big shortstop. Yeah, that, yeah. He was a little guy. Yeah, he was. And, of course, now World Series champion. World so Series what, champion. What can you say? So, unbelievable. So <clears throat> can you think of any other guys, though, in the last 17 years? You'd be like, damn, when I saw them, I was absolutely impressed. No. I'm drawing a goddamn blank. It's pissing me off right oh, now, too. about the last five years? <laughs> or, or, or a World Series appearance, because you've been covering them. Well, it, yeah, you I mean. Went, like, you you know, see, you're legit. You see a David Price, obviously, and all the, all the talent in the world, and, and he's a big dude to begin with anyway. So he would definitely be, he would definitely, uh, be, that, be one of those guys. Um, Austin Martin, another guy at, at USC. Now, he oh, wasn't yes. necessarily a big guy, but. Geez, he's just he oozed talent. You could just see that. Um and and he's probably on a fast track to the big leagues. Um I didn't get to see him play. He played at USC this past year, and USC actually beat them, which is another reason I think USC is going to be something else. But he didn't play for some reason. He had some kind of injury. But the other guy you think about is a contemporary dude, is uh is Kumar Rocker. The pitcher for Vanderbilt, who is the son of Tracy Rocker, who is usually you know, he's scaring the hell out of SEC quarterbacks back in the day. That's Jesus. how I know I'm old because right. I remember Tracy Rocker just being a terror for at Auburn's football team. And then his son is now pitching and going to be like possibly the number one guy picked next year. That's pretty impressive. I know who I'd say. God damn it, I didn't think of this earlier. Adley Rutschman, the oh. Oregon State guy. I don't know why it didn't come to me. Or Adley Rutschman, just because he was uh, – he, he not only was the perfect specimen and a catcher and everything, but he – produced on the field so well in Omaha hitting 620 something right. I guess in Omaha so he would be one that I would say yeah this is one of those generation type right. guys Oregon there's another place they went back to back what in six and seven mm-hmm. or something like that and then Pat got another one a couple in, years yep, ago 2018 Who the hell's going to Corvallis and not going to Pepperdine yeah <laughs> Jesus I know, I know. It, it's it'll be interesting to see if Mitch Canham keeps that going uh, the miracle work that uh, that Pat did at, at Oregon State because that's one of those places. I remember being at the College World Series and just thinking, God, just four years ago, who would have thought freaking Oregon State would have made it to the College World Series, much less win the damn thing? Twice. Twice. I mean, that's, that's, that's miracle. Well, that's like Bill Snyder at Kansas State making them a national power in football. It's century of century of futility and all of a sudden now they're a national they're a national power and Oregon State's better than Kansas State football anyway so right. that's that's even more impressive to me yeah somehow that was great. somehow to make it work yeah yeah i think that kind of helped the rest of the Pac12 kind of everybody to get their get their shit together and become you know really good which 
mark my word, don't I mean, don't quote me on this, but I think the Pac-12 and some of these California teams out here this year are going are gonna to be really good. If we do have a season, I think they're going to have a lot of good teams out on the West Coast this year. Have you heard how they're going to figure this out with, if not every, right, so you had your full roster last year. Yeah. Let's say you got like let's just use Fullerton the example. Yeah. What's your what's your legal roster or what you're allowed to carry? Thirty five. It's thirty five. Yeah. Thirty five. Let's say everybody wants to come back, and now you got seven <laughs> incoming freshmen. Right. How are you working that out with forty two? And are you carrying scholarships over? How I don't you, know the scholarship thing. I don't really know about per se, but I I know that. It's a real juggle act for the coaches, and a lot of them had to had to kind of chase guys off. And I know we only use that language, but, 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 but you yes. kind of have to, yeah. Because I know Fullerton had, I want to say, five or six guys transfer this year, according to the D1 baseball site, their transfer tracker thing. I don't know if I offhand exact, but I know they've had a couple that have that have left. So and like. Like that Borgonia get the kid, the third baseman. Yep. He's gone to play for Louisiana Lafayette now. Um, last I saw, he was transferred uh-huh. there. So it's good guys too. It's not just you know some rummies that right. left. So he's he was as good as they had. So so yeah, I think it's just one of these things where rosters are full. They uh, again, I don't know how the scholarships work out exactly. That's something I've never really delved into. But the coaches have had to do a juggling act. To have, and they're going to have full rosters this year. Are they, and, and are they going to be allowed to expand the scholarship past eleven seven? No, uh, as far as I know, not yet. I don't think so. See, then how's that legally? And I'll play devil's advocate again. You had me on scholarship last year. My season ends. I'm a junior, mm-hmm. and now I'm a senior. But now, or, no, you or, don't. Or I'm a senior and I was on scholarship, and now I don't. You bring the freshman in that has a scholarship. Yeah, yeah. Like how's that juggle again? I, I don't know. That's that's why I'm glad I'm not a coach this year, <laughs> and I really haven't talked to coaches about that precisely. That's kind of more a Kendall Rogers thing, but yeah, that it's a mess. Um, but I know that you know, and, and it's also a mess because none of these guys lost a year of eligibility. eligibility right. So they it's like everybody, tra- uh, I'm trans- everybody redshirted this year. Right. So yeah, now it makes a real, real messy situation for them. And again, I, I think it's just a thing where a lot of these guys, a lot of these kids, are seeing that and kind of saying, "All right, I got to move on. I got to move on someplace else, or play, you know, go to someplace that can that'll take me." So. And you're bringing in freshmen who haven't played since March. Haven't played a lot of yeah. Some of them hadn't played since then. No summer ball and all that. So it's kind of. I like Rich Hill at San Diego, when I did a fall report on him, he said, yeah, our, our freshmen this year, we know they have talent. We know they're good, but they're – they had a they had a sorry they had a fall session and he said they're definitely behind most times when we have freshmen come right. in they're definitely behind they're going to have more of a lag time getting going in the in the spring so yeah you're going to see a lot more upperclassmen playing a, a, as opposed to guys that are younger that are probably more talented I think you're going to see more older guys playing this year so right. that's part of it though that's part you, of the you mess m- you mentioned Coach Hill there was a place that had a god awful stadium yeah. that turned it around and now has a beautiful ballpark. Oh my god. The over the, just the overnight difference between those two. I was telling coach coach Hill, <laughs> every year I used to when I would interview him or talk with him I'd be like off the record I'd say so like, you know, where do you think you'll be next year? Do you think USC is going to end up picking you up? Are you going to go somewhere? What big place are you going to go to next? Now, I never ask him that cuz no. he's got this facility right. that's first class. I mean, and who doesn't want to live in San Diego, you know? Right. I mean, that's that's another place that's probably the best weather in the country. I would say is right. San Diego. So why not play there? So that that that's that's been a gold mine for him. I think that and they're I, I think they're a program that's probably going to be coming around and be a little bit more consistent in the years to come. Right. We'll see. We'll see. It's a tough conference to do it in, but I'm sure you have fun. the same experience as Greenlee would say. He says, "I only want to go down to that field once because the walk back up those stairs." <laughs> oh yeah, I know. <laughs> 
abs are burning. You get buns of steel. On those the old yeah. stands that those was just old, so long. Just a vertical lift like you're going through the Alps. Saddest thing I ever saw was after Rice played there. Coach, <laughs> Coach oh, uh, no. I know, Coach Graham, he's... He, I guess the bus was up at the top, I guess. I'm not they really certain. They didn't pull it down to left field? Well, he started walking up, and he just kind of stopped and looked up and kind of like this. <laughs> and they were just kind of like, just go down to the, down to the little left field. We'll pick you up down there. I don't know why they had it up at the top. But, yeah, he was just like, screw this. I'm, I'm you know, whatever he was, 75 at the time. I don't need this shit. I'm turning back around. He might not make it, the poor thing. Cunningham Stadium with that long-ass uh, grandstand. Jeez, that was painful. <laughs> that was brutal. That was bad. Yep, I had bad experiences with that, too. But luckily, that's all different now. That place they got now is just shining, shining a, it's a, a jewel. monument it's on the hill. Yeah. yeah, really nice. So, if we're going to talk about uh, beautiful things on the hill, uh-huh. let's talk about. I know you're ass full of Rosenblatt, <laughs> and I don't even know what its name is anymore. Uh-huh. Is it, oh. what do they call it? Is it still? Oh, the, tea, where, where tea, the, the new ballpark, Tea Tree Mayor, Mayor Trayer Park, or what are they called? Oh, the new, it? oh, TD, TD Ameritrade. Oh, so it still new, has the, the same name. Oh, good yeah, for them. Yeah, it still has the same name. Oh, yeah, wonderful. They haven't been taken over by corporate, like like uh, like the Quest Center across the street did. That's <laughs> yeah, like on its third name now. Right. Okay, so as a kid, it was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Hot, sweaty, family, yeah, yeah. multiple ballpark colored seats, the whole thing. Oh, yeah, I love the rainbow colored right. seats. Yep. In the neighborhood, crossing the zoo, had things to do, long lines, waiting for the next game. <laughs> and then someone at the NCAA decides to like bring in a McDonald's, sterilize the thing, make it cement, yeah. aim it into the wind, and put it on a dump site. <laughs> so when it gets hot, you can smell trash from 1955. True, true, yeah. absolutely. Ooh. Are you asking my opinion of, yes. of the new Let stadium and all that? Yes, ballpark of that stadium. Oh, I love it. I, <laughs> I really, I turned the corner years ago. When it first, I, I might have mentioned this in the Rosenblatt documentary, but when they first came around and said, oh, we're going to build a new stadium, or we want to build a new stadium, we're not sure, but we want to. I was like, oh, no, what the hell are you doing? This is Rosenblatt. No, 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 you don't touch. This is like Wrigley Field. You don't touch it. But just like in the documentary, <laughs> you just think about it. You, those narrow walkways, the narrow seats, the long lines of concessions. You just, and, and as a media Porta guy. As a, yeah, and as a media guy going from upstairs down to try to get around people to get down to the like the photo well or something. God, you just had a, you just, you're up to your ass with that place. You're like, I, I can't wait to move on. There's no shade anywhere at Rosenblatt. No, no, that was nothing. None. And the summer's getting hotter every year by the, by the degree. So when the new stadium come around and you get to stand, like, you know, for me, like taking pictures, even standing in that, in the, in the, uh, the walkway above the stands, like underneath the shade, it's like, oh, this is so great. Oh, thank God. And I know the, the positioning of the stadium isn't the greatest going into the wind, but I hated that any pop-up would fly over the outfield, you know, up on that right. hill. Johnny the, Ash. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> yep, the, the dump on the, on the, the dump on the bump, as we called it as kids. That stadium was just a wind tunnel for home runs. And with the energized bats, it became like arena football. So I like that it has the winds coming in from right field. And I also like it because the stadium on the first base side, if you're shooting at one of the two photo wells, you're going to be in shade by three o'clock. Yes, so that yeah. that's helpful again, because, you know, the summers are getting hotter and it's just like, you're, you don't want to be this. That's why Rosenblatt was just so bad. The sun was almost all day. There's just no shade. And so it's really nice now to be able to be in the shade, shooting a game still at daylight and all that. So I, I like it better. I like it so much better. 
Um, there are some things I still would change. The, for some reason. Okay, you're king for a day. What are we changing? God, the goddamn elevator is. They must have brought it from Rosenblatt. It's still the slowest fucking elevator. How did they not fix that? <laughs> Couldn't they have asked me? What? Maybe that's it's historical. They it had to bring it be. over. It's the one thing that they brought from Rosenblatt that still chaps my ass. <laughs> Maybe it's a city ordinance. It could only move so fast. Oh God, that's just awful. But that that would kind of that would be. My my one thing. Everything else is pretty good. There are small things I would still change. The pitch of the stadium could be a little bit higher to where you can see over the seat in front of you a little bit better. That's kind yeah, of a, that's you know, a small thing. I agree thing. with you on that. I think it's degree angle is yeah. too shallow. Yeah, I agree. And and so, yeah. And I don't so know why they didn't want to do that. I guess it's... A guy like me, it's not too bad, but I just, yeah, that, to me it just seems way too, not 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 to a degree enough to be, a, to be able to see over the seat. Like a kid sitting there that's, you know, 10 years old, it's not going to be able to see so well over the person in front of them on in the grandstand. So that might be another one I'd probably say, but, you know. The concessions are good. The spacing is pretty nice. good. I, I don't like the fact that it's literally in a parking lot in a downtown that's got, like, the, all mm. the generic restaurants. I liked that, you know, homes, yeah. little, little, you know, Eastman had a, took out a home and would that's rent true. it and that's do true. stuff. And, and Zesto's people, yeah. was across the street. And you could tailgate and you yep. could park. And, you know, LSU would show up with its giant <laughs> RV and throw out the white tiger rug and, yep. and do stuff. And the guy with the with the pink uh, flamingos would. Oh, the flamingos, yes, that's right. all those yeah. things. The all flamingos. That, there was a lot of character to it that did get sterilized, moved to the, and he knew that was going to happen. Yes. I think that the late Steve Pivovar, the late great Steve Pivovar of Omaha World Herald said they were Making it the Mick World Series no. for like like McDonald's. That's what it was going to become. And I don't think it's that bad, but it isn't the same. It's true. It's not the same. But to me, in you, so many ways, it's, it's better though. I just do. I just think that. Do you think young Eric and his dad would have that same? Experience today, <laughs> being dropped off and left there to play for hours, oh, yeah, and then part. right in that kind of ballpark. <laughs> That's true. That is a little bit different, but. Uh, yeah, there's not as much. Because now the usher's probably checking yeah, your that tickets is not as much telling you, young t- Eric, stop running in the concourse. Right. <laughs> now you get in trouble for more things. Back then, we were much more banshees just running right. around doing it. It was a lot easier. Cigarettes so. and knives just running so, yeah. around. <laughs> <laughs> I had my first beer down behind yeah. the bleachers in right field. Um, so, yeah, now it's, yeah, you can't you can't get away with that as much. But it, it, it's, it wouldn't be as fun as it was when I was a kid. I'll admit that. That's true. That that much is true. See, I think that you were, you were so fortunate to have that. That, that moment that you just can't recreate now. When I when I saw it today, or when we went for the first time, I thought the statue's like right on the corner next to a fire hydrant. Like it's just <laughs> you know where before the buses would pull up, yeah. everybody would greet the players. Then they would walk, and the players would see the you know they'd walk yeah, into there's the stands. Big plaza in front yeah, the to kind of walk around, yeah. and you'd see the beautiful you know sculpture. And now it's like they they spill in, they take a crammed photo of the statue, and then they're ushered in, yeah. and you don't get to really get any fan interaction. That, and that part is different, and you kind of knew it would be different. Um, but there is more more area to have the fan zone now. I do like that part. Yes. It seems like there's You're a little right. bit more area. But yeah, again, you got to take the good with the bad. And you knew there'd be some things that you didn't like that were going to change. Um, but I, I think you just kind of have to suck it up. I mean, it, it, Rosenblatt was a great <laughs> stadium. There was no more, there was no more of like, there was no more improvements you could really make with, make of it without kind of going too overboard or spending too much money. And so, 
Yeah, it would have needed a major facelift yeah, if you were going to start. Too much of a major facelift, it seems like. And I don't mind. The neighborhood was okay. And I'll kind of be a devil's advocate on the neighborhood. The neighborhood was okay. And I did like, you know, like people had their yards out for people to park in. But right. then you had to wait for the people behind you to leave because you're, <laughs> bo- you're boxed in. And they might be getting drunk at the bar across the street and not come to their car. Well, that's because your dad wanted to leave in the 8th. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> My dad wanted to leave in the 8th. Damn him. But no, I, so I, I do kind of like... I do like the parking a little bit better, that part of it. I know it doesn't have as much personality around the stadium now, but, again, go with the bad. Right. You take it. Yeah. It's 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 part of the things that go away, you know. it's You, you can't have – well, Wrigley could be here forever, but you can't have Rosenblatt forever. Right. You just can't. Just wasn't able to happen. Are you still enjoying writing college baseball? Yeah. I'm still an addict. I still do it even when – I got college football stuff to write about. I'm still thinking about what I'm going to write for college baseball this week and, and what I'm going to be doing. But, yeah, no, I still love it. It's it's an addiction that's going to be hard to break. It's kind of weird because I still do some advertising freelance. And when it comes to this time of year like or when it starts to get more, more like into December and January, I have to think about, all right, if I take this job as a freelancer, is that going to interfere with, like, opening day of the college baseball season? Because I'm going to be wanting to travel somewhere. I don't want to be around here, sitting in an office thinking up ads right. or jingles. I want to go somewhere and watch some baseball. So <laughs> usually between the, in the spring months, I don't do anything. Else. I just I just do nothing but baseball, which is fine. You know, it's cool. Do you lay out a schedule and say I want to try to hit these spots? Not really. No, you I just play kinda, by week. I kind of see what goes. Yeah, see what comes up. See if there's anything. I I kind of hot. Right. Yeah. If there's a team like uh, like an Iowa last year that was really hot, and I got to see them up in Minnesota at that Viking Stadium, but like I'll say, oh, let me see if I can get there. If I can get there and see them here in the next week or two, that would be fun to do. Um, that's kind of what I, the way I try to handle it. Kind of stay flexible. And plus, a lot of the times, like Aaron and Kendall might be somewhere like at the big, the biggest series of the weekend. So I might not get a LSU Florida because they're one of them are there. But, you know, that's still something that's uh, – Fun to do, and coaches really appreciate it. You coming out to see them, like we talked about the coach right. appreciation factor. They really appreciate it. Like you know, when Jim Slosnagel of TCU found out I lived in Los Angeles, he thought I was like a local Dallas or something because <laughs> I'd seen so many series at their stadium or seen them on the right. road. I was like, no, I, I live in, in Smogland, man. That's that's where I'm based out of. But it's you know, they have planes that fly from here to there, no problem. <laughs> it's like, wow, it works. That's fun. Good for you. <laughs> do you prefer writing stories or like profile? Profiles, or do you get to do many profiles? Not really. I don't. Uh, here's college baseball is weird because baseball players kind of say the same thing all the time. There's right. not They're, really. Right. There's not a lot of different. There's not a lot of characters. When you do find one, it's in, it's fun. It's it's cool to find a guy that's different or thinks differently and doesn't just do the usual. You know, kind of. Uh, platitudes that you hear in college or, right. or college players say. So that's why I like talking to coaches almost exclusively for the most part. I'll do a player profile once in a while, but you know that's not really my bag. Yeah, right. Just because, not because I can't do it. It's just because it doesn't interest me that as much. Because there's, I know there's a million stories out there, and I'm sure people are better at it at pulling those stories than I. But it, it's just not as interesting to me. So. Are you getting better as a writer as you've gone on, or do you think, I think so? Okay, because yeah. like when ESPN had me do baseball. I had to do I had to put on my big boy pants and become a journalist sort of I had to do articles that weren't just you know me sitting back there and regurgitating a bunch of shit with cuss words in it and right. stuff you know I had to I had to do you the real work thing at it. and it's it, it wasn't hard for me to do I, I actually I think I took some journalism classes when I was at LSU JC so anyway I but yeah I, I it, it, it wasn't too bad it just takes me longer to write a 
profile of Mike Martin at Florida State. It takes me longer to do that than it does to like you know do a nightly recap or something. Why is it seems that? like just I don't you know. Gotta, I just it's tougher for me just because it's it's I, I it's like I want to do something completely different, but I can't do something too different that you know doesn't really. It doesn't. It doesn't fit the spirit of what you're supposed to be doing. You know, right. I'd, I'd love to be writing about Mike Martin's dog or something, or where they got the dog from. You know, or, or you know, what 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 is cause it's, so his personality is that that dog's personality is. But you know, I can't do that because that's not interesting. That's not what college right. baseball your, people want to read. Your personality is perfect for today <laughs> because like you write and you write well and you write with humor and it's Thank fun. You. But then you take photos and they're getting better. I but hope then so. You're doing some video work. Right, so like yeah. you're in front of the camera. Time to time, I've yeah. It seems like right. a lot of people are doing a little bit more video stuff now too. Because weren't you doing like, like those Sunday recaps on ESPN or something? Yeah, you were doing like a ESPN had me do a like uh, a weekly video with right. them, and I love doing that. I wish they was stuck. that just you and a one man band? Yeah, it was just me. Just yeah. me. They said, hey, get on camera, make it two and a half minutes or or less, and uh, talk about the day or talk about the uh, the weekend or something or about what's coming up or something. And that was cool because, like, my wife she worked out of at a, uh, at a uh, visual effects house that was like old school, looked like something out of a out of a traveling fair carnival type thing. So I would go there, and <laughs> yeah, the, the guy right. that the guy that owns that place is a big neon sign fan guy. So he had neon signs everywhere. It made for a great backdrop. So every time I did my video for ESPN, it was always <laughs> going to be at that place at her work, like before everybody got in that day. That was always the coolest thing. But yeah, ESPN kind of changed there. When ESPN started laying off people left and right, I was like. <laughs> Well, I feel bad for those people, but this might be good for me. I thought, oh, maybe they'll bring me on more often. But then it was like, no, we're not really doing many freelancers anymore. It was like, oh, well, bummer. And now they just do like videos of um, like Kyle Peterson or or Chris Burke. Like when they're doing games, they'll stay after the game and talk about like stuff from around the country or something. That's become their videos that they put up on the – they don't have somebody actually covering the sport anymore, unfortunately. I know. What is – I don't understand it. It's – I think it's just not moneymaker enough, I I guess. I don't want to sound like an ass, but they're covering women's basketball, which – I, yeah. I, I don't get, but then college baseball, which if you're watching college basketball, the chances of watching someone get to the WNBA is very rare. And then if you're watching the WNBA, it's very rare. But if you're watching college baseball, you're going to watch someone be playing in yeah, major league yeah. baseball. Yeah, exactly. And like we talked, uh, baseball's a bigger moneymaker for the NCAA than even right. women's basketball. So how so. do you ignore it? I don't know. I don't know. I it's, it's been the lifelong question. It got better for a while. It's not bad now, but it, it was ramping up, and I think ESPN was part of it. Like you know, obviously, well, going way back, they they've kind of started the whole trend up. But uh-huh. but yeah, with money the way it is, and their and their resources, it's kind of cut back a little bit, and that's that's well, just how it is. They're jobs and resources yeah, left and right. It's really a bummer, and and they're doing more, and a lot of places are doing more video stuff than than having journalists write things out or having somebody that's, you know, their go-to guy. If they have breaking news or something, it's not me that's going to be there reporting about it. It's going to be, you know, you know, Kyle Peterson after one of the games or something he'll talk about it right. or something. So, mm. changing with the times. That's Just the way, the way it, it works. Yeah, yeah. Do you still get fired up for writing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Are I mean, you ready I, to go? Like, you want baseball to go so you could just obviously, yeah. get the juices on that pen and just... <laughs> it's what I, yeah, it's what I look forward to, and opening day is always great. In fact, it's kind of weird because once the NCAA tournament comes around, and especially when we get down to the Super Regionals in Omaha, it's kind of... That's actually not usually my favorite part because now we're down to eight teams or 16 teams. I like when everybody's involved and I can find stuff to write about or... or 
go to games to you know cover that or just anywhere and everywhere. Right. So that's that's yeah openings weekend and all that. That's when I start you know the that's geek what, the geek in me starts coming when out. When you start you know? jonesing, <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh. Starts you know, I, I start wrapping yeah. the plastic thing around my arm and injecting myself with right. something. I just need I need that right. fix. Some rosin bag, you just rubbing it on your arm, hoping something works. <laughs> I need a fix, man. I know. I, I tell you when. It went down in March, and they started shutting it down. Yeah. I, I was traumatized. Like, oh, really? You're going to take baseball away from me? That yeah. is just wrong. I don't know why, but I just, it, it was it a bummer. It hurt my soul. I don't know why, but I just, I just was kind of like, well, this is where we are. Okay. We need to move forward. I, it, I don't know why. It bummed me out once we got to Omaha time where I knew I'd be going to the Drover the night before, going to games the oh, next day. Drover. And I knew that that hurt a little bit. But for some reason, I just took it and it's like, well, this is where we are. This is this is, this is is what we need to overcome. All right, if this doesn't happen, well, sucks to be us. But I don't know. I just I just felt really – I had a really kind of like a numb feeling. I just, I just didn't feel anything right. until things went along and I realized, oh, yeah, right now I'd be going – be uh, watching the selection show, you know, or, or writing about how shitty the NCAA selection committee did this year or something <laughs> like that, you know, and instead. So that's kind of when it hurt more. But at the time, I just, I don't know. It was I just weird to me. I remember a couple of Fullerton kids on, a, on the trail, on horse trail, and I said, you know, how are you guys doing? Oh, yeah, we got two more weeks. We're just going to flatten the curve, coaches says. We'll be, right, <laughs> yeah. we'll be right back at it. Like, first week of April, we're going to be blah, 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 and we'll be right back at it. Yeah. I saw them in August. They looked like, you know, they just <laughs> been beaten. Yes, be- yeah. How are you guys doing? Fine. Yeah. <laughs> School's going to start soon. Back to the computers. Yeah, back to the computers. <laughs> well, oh, okay, good seeing you. Yeah, I got to right. get away from you because I'm just getting shot. <laughs> Bad energy. Yeah, just oh gosh. Well, I I thought the weird thing was when it first kind of went down, and the first big announcement was, well, the uh, Ivy League has decided to jettison the rest of the season. Right. And I was thinking at the time, I was like, oh shit. I covered. I've gone to the Ivy League playoffs for like for the last five years. I just love the Ivy League wow, playoffs. You, I don't you're know that why. Guy? I <laughs> I don't know why. That's one of my favorite things to go to is the Ivy League playoffs. Where just do they play? It? Are they rotating? It's, uh, yeah, it's whoever wins the regular season. Oh wow, that's. That's so tough. three times it was in at, in New York and Columbia University, which is great because I have a friend of mine that lives in Soho, and I can just stay with her free and take the train up to Columbia and go. It was like the cheapest trip in the world wow. of all things in New York City of all things. Yeah. So I when they made the announcement that the Ivy League was going to shut down for the year, I think I even put out a tweet. I was like. I mean, like, can't you just kind of wait and see what happens? Right. But then I realized, oh, wait, no, these guys are smarter than everybody else. They see something <laughs> we don't. I was like, ah, oh, crap. They're on top why of they're it. at the Ivy League, yeah. Eric. Damn it. And it's true. It this ended is up Montana being. Montana State. Yep. They're like, we have no idea. <laughs> it ended up being everybody after that. But I, first, I was kind of like those kids in Fulton. I was like, well, you know. This isn't going to happen for too long. I mean, and then See you the, in April. Yeah. <laughs> then the Ivy League started. The Ivy League started the whole bowl rolling. I was like, oh shit, yeah, this doesn't look good. All right, this ain't happening. Well, wh- so. where do you see? Uh, and let's play king for the king for a day. Where do you see good. college baseball in the future? Big and bright. Yeah. Dark times. Big and bright. I could see. I can probably see something like a Division One, a Division One Double A happening, um, like football. Did yes. Um, I just 
feel like the money that's going through the Power Five and some of the bigger players, including the Big West, I'm not talking about huge money, but enough money. I just see them branching off and like, you know, sad as it may be for me, especially the Ivy League or SWAC, right. the Southwest, you know, some of the HBCU conferences or the Ohio Valley. I just see them as maybe falling behind, not falling right. behind, but just being their own division. Yeah, two ninety-seven. Um, I mean, you're gonna that's how many play. That's a lot, it's and it's you know, I don't know if basketball will ever do that because basketball can be a, it's the money difference. There's enough money to play. It's not as as expensive of a sport. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not as much guys. So yeah, I could see that possibly being a thing that happens. Um, and I could also see we've they talked about it on the side, especially you know, Kendall and Aaron have about possibly a new model of for the baseball season starting in mid March, ending later on in July, because you know College World Series. As long as okay. they play it there, they don't care when it ends. I think they they'd be fine playing it in mid July when there's nothing really else going on except right. except for pros. Now I've heard that. Except what if you're like Pepperdine? And I remember this coming up like in 2000 or 2001. Yeah. Where when that was the old time when we used to start in January. Yeah. Yeah. And then they would be done. They're done with school like in May. Yep. So are you going to pay for these kids to sit in a dorm? That's a big thing. For two months? And see, that's why I think if, if that does happen, then the bigger money schools certainly might branch off and the smaller schools might stick with the same thing going February to June at their level. Because, yeah, that's a tough call. Um, UCLA has that trouble. They're a quarter they're, school. They're a quarter. So, I yeah. mean, all of a sudden, what are you doing with kids? Yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be a big issue. Although... I don't know. Don't they have summer school too, though? I guess. But yes, but are you in summer school? You know, right. I, yeah. I'm a senior. I got. I got, what, what if your draft is in June, and the Cardinals that are would calling? Be a, yeah, that would be a different thing. That if the draft doesn't change, you might see some guys opting out. That now that's that's going to become more of a thing. You might see some guys. If a Trevor Bauer is going to be drafted second overall or something. He's not going to finish the rest of the year at UCLA. There's no reason to. He's going to go to the money and and not ruin his arm or whatever, right. or not ruin his arm. But you know, do quality Chance. innings. Do quality innings in the minors, not right. quality innings at college where he's not getting paid. Especially, let's say, let's say, I don't remember his. I think they went to the World Series this year that, that he was drafted. But let's say he's out. Let's say his team is thirteen and forty, but he gets drafted second yeah. overall. Yeah. Is he going to hang around for another month no, for no. a team that's that's a dog? Nope. To nope. finish out playing Washington and Arizona State <laughs> and get beaten? Well, that's why if if the new model would ever go into effect, it would have to be because the draft also gets changed a little. That The M- MLB has to work with the college on that. If that's if it's still going to be the draft in early June and they're going to want to keep playing into July, it, you're going to find guys opting out. You're going to find guys just saying, all right, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to the money. And Major League Baseball does have a big overhanging shadow on college baseball. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And it's always been – and I always thought they've treated college baseball like a stepchild too. I mean, they've oh, – yeah. especially with the draft happening right you know, back before, it was happening during the College World Series, and now it's happening – or it was happening at uh, Just uh, Super Regionals, Supers, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So you had guys that were playing on the day when they got drafted too. Yes. That always sucked. And uh, so I that's rem- why – Yeah, I remember Gary Brown and Christian Cardona yeah. coming up and you're going, I went in the 22nd, I went third over, whatever. And you're just like, that's why. You know, we got a game in 15 minutes, boys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now i got to get my mind back on that. Yeah. That's why I was excited that Omaha was hosting the draft last year, that it was going to be in Omaha on a 
day when nobody was playing. I thought that was great. Uh, of course, I mean, then it got ch changed. <laughs> we'll see if it goes back to that. I hope it does. I, I would like to see it uh, happen when it's not affecting so many players. I know it's not affecting a lot of them, but it does affect a good bit of them that are playing in the postseason. Right, you know? right. So I'll let you be king, king for a day. What do you change? What one thing do you get to swing the uh, magic wand at and change in college baseball? I'd like to say I'd like to say the wood bats. You want to go? I know you want to go to wood. Easton always got pissed at me for saying that I want to go to wood <laughs> You're bats. Wearing your Easton hat. <laughs> yep. Yes, I am. That's right. I'd just like to see it go back to wood again. Could they afford it? That's well. You're saying I'm king for a day. I'm right, not. Right. I, I'm not taking that yeah. into consideration. No, I know kings don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, would I change? It? I, I, I would get. Well, put it this way. I would like them to have more scholarships. I don't want to go too many more. I, I, like I mentioned before, I kind of like How the about fact just an that even it gets, number. Yeah, twelve or, or well, yeah, that's <laughs> like, true too. Who the hell came up with eleven point seven? It's like the point nine on gas prices at the <laughs> yeah. gas station. What? Just go up a notch. Yeah, come on. Yeah. So I would like to see it get to like a little bit more representative to a baseball team, like at least. 18 or 20, maybe. I don't know if it'll ever get to right. that. Yeah, 30 guys, yeah. 11.7, but only three paid coaches. Yeah, the paid coach Come thing on. is another one. That's, yeah. College football has like 38 paid and they coaches. Have, yes, that, that many. Basketball has plenty. Yeah, just get another coach, too. That's, that's really fucked up. I just never understood that. Do you know when, at one point, Nick Saban was making more money than Cal State Fullerton's full athletic budget when he was at Alabama? Well, he's out, still at Alabama, yeah, but yeah. when he was at Alabama, when he got that huge pay raise? Sure. To, to start the arms race of yeah. race to ten, twelve million dollars. Now everybody in the SEC wants to hire the next Nick Saban. So if they don't win in two years, they're gone. You know, right. but, but but yeah, no, that's that's the amount of money that's being spent on other sports. Well, that's yeah, and that's again, I want more. I want baseball to be financially secure and be good. I don't want it to be. I don't want them to be Nick Saban type numbers for baseball coaches. I don't know if I get no. to that, but you get my point though. But yeah, it just a little more money would help, especially since the NCAA makes so much money off of college baseball in the postseason. You figure they could throw them a bone here a little bit more off. That's right. why I, I, yeah, the NCAA can be its own worst enemy sometimes towards our sport. What about pre-September 11th Regional bracketing because after September 11th they started going like oh Fullerton Long Beach and yeah. Fresno have to go to Stanford yeah that was awful what what, what? Yeah. we same all share conference. the same bus and we all drive up I would like to go back to the pre September 11th bracketing where like Fullerton now maybe goes to North or to Notre Dame or Notre Dame comes here like yeah. scatter it around they've kind of well. They didn't scatter it. I mean, they've scattered it around a little bit over the years, um, but it was it was really bad after the nine eleven thing. Obviously, that was ridiculous. But right. that was it taking advantage of a situation. Yeah, it's still better though than when I was a kid and they had like those districts where you if you didn't. It was one team out of the state of California, Oregon, and Washington. Right. One team out of those states. That was ridiculous. But now I, I don't want them to go back to more regional regionals. I, I do like the spreading around a little bit more. That that's that hasn't bothered me as much in the recent years. But yeah, after nine eleven, it was really yeah. <laughs> you're right. That was totally an excuse. I thought that was right. that was to, that was totally screwed up. Overreaction. You right. Because I remember in two thousand two, it was Long Beach, Fullerton. Fresno and, and, yeah, and at Stanford, Stanford and I was yeah. just like oh, yeah. we all played each other all 
already like we've played Long Beach six times. Yes. We played Stanford <laughs> over the season, and we probably played, you know, Fresno a couple of times on a Tuesday. Well, it makes, and now we're all together again. If it makes you feel better, the last few years I've I've followed Division Two, especially the teams out here in California. And they have regionals where three teams from the same conference play in the same yes. regional. They yeah. do that every year. But that's money, right? That's a pure oh, yeah. money thing. Yeah, it's more of a money thing, sure, yeah. But it's still, that that's the way it is. And it's a bummer, but yeah, they at least we don't have that is what I was getting at. Right. We, we can be thankful for small mercies. Yeah. <laughs> and then we love that. There's been some times like Long Beach has gotten screwed. They'll go with Fullerton and they were the number two or three and they were way better than the two or three or the oh, one yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, that happens a lot. And I still like, think you that. You have Abe Alvarez and Weaver and you're the number two and what? <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah. I, that kind of, for a few years there it seemed like the western funnel was really bad. Yeah. You know, everybody in the West Plate, you know, fit into one or two two spots possible in Omaha, and I thought that was really awful. Or, or Miami or and Arizona State never left home in the non-conference. They yeah. would play 28 of 30. Oh, in non-conference, yeah. yeah. In non-conference, they would do that, and you'd be like, oh, come on. Well, yeah, that's one of the arguments that uh, Paul Maneri, the coach at LSU, I love Paul Maneri, and we, we have a good relationship, but the one thing that we will argue about <laughs> is, I'm like, coach, just come play out west sometime. It was so much fun. The one year LSU played at Long Beach State was yes. before he was there. It was 2003, I think. Yes. It I was can't. so cool. It yeah. was so cool to see them come out here and play. But LSU just won't travel. They have a they have a new stadium to pay for. It was always his excuse. Well, now that stadium's kind of older okay. now. Then fine. Do a one-and-one. One. Yeah. Well, All that's right. true. Play Texas. Play uh, Stanford. Have them come out, and he'll fill up the crowd. But to sit there and constantly play, yeah. you know, Louisiana Tech, Christian Valley. Well, and play a lot of Northern. Opening the season yeah. with Princeton or something I'm like, oh, come on, I'll yeah. do that. So yeah, I always, I Everybody's always have batting that. averages go up and you plummet. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, they're great. Now they've gone to that Houston College Classic a couple times, yes. which is okay. I'm glad for that. Do I, you I like s- those? Yeah, I love that. I, I've been I wish that a there couple were more times. Of those like the ones they play at Dodger Stadium. Oh and stuff yeah, like I love that. that I too. wish they would do more of. I that. I wish they would too. That that was. I love that stadium there in Houston, and it's great. They get good crowds there, especially when they. Get an, an LSU and some of the local Houston or Texas teams. Yeah, teams that haven't played each other in a while. Yeah, but I'd still like Paul and them to make that one step further and play out. You know, like even in Arizona State or play out here at at, at UCLA or something. So I would love that. But yeah, it, they. Just won't do it. It's our biggest argument, but I still love you, Paul. If you're listening, right? Well, but, a lot, but he's not the only one. There's a lot no, no. of other, like said. That was just an example, right? But Florida State doesn't come out west. Or, nope. But I'm sure that, you know uh, Savage would would go and do a one and one. Yep. Do you remember? I know Rick said he would do it. Dave was very adamant. He always tried to do that yeah, when he was yeah. at Fullerton. Do you remember the Hilton College Classic? Yes. That, that at Fl- Florida State, the first year I, we lived out here, yes. Florida State played out there. Yeah. Along with. Then they moved it to the, they called it the Kia Bash at one Kia point. Kia Bash, but, that's right. But there was uh, Florida, ten- Tennessee played yeah, in that, there Texas. Was, they had great, great fields. And I'd love to see more of that. But obviously, this year, you're certainly not going to see anything like no, that. No, that's not happening. Or maybe not this even. This year's going to be a weird yeah, year. Yeah, you know it's it. going to be completely weird. Everybody's maybe even next on Maybe shells. even next year too, but yeah, I would eventually. I would love to see Fullerton get a get a tournament back that back again, like play at the Big A or something too. Would that be so much fun? There had been talk of that of yeah. doing what SC and UCLA did yeah. at Dodger Stadium is having Fullerton and Irvine play mm. at Dodger Stadium, but it's just the Angels won't pull the trigger to allow. Mm. They don't. 
they don't keep their grass year round like the Dodgers do because oh. they do the monster truck pull. Oh, that's right. And all that stuff. So their that's turf right. goes down very late. Yeah. To go down, so they don't want anybody tearing it up I until didn't the think team about comes. That. Yeah. Okay. Didn't think about that. Yeah. Two years. So two years but ago, they did it at San Diego. In, they've oh done, yeah, they've done San Diego. That's done right. Some stuff. It's been a while since they did that yeah, one but though, they, too. That was another place that did that. That's right. I think it was two years ago. I went to a game on a Wednesday night. It was Cal Baptist when they were still Division Two against Point Loma. I think it was Point Loma Nazarene, and they played in Angel Stadium. And I got wind of it. I didn't even, like at the last minute, wow. so I went there to see it. And I was like, "This is great!" And they had only like four sections open behind home plate. Yes, one concession stand because they didn't think anybody would show up. There were upwards of I think it was. 6,000 fans there that night. Oops. All crammed in. I mean, they had to, you know, there's, there's no social distancing in this stadium. <laughs> they had all, they didn't, I think they opened up one more section. Come on. And that was it. And they still had only that one because they didn't plan for it. They, they still only had one concession stand, but it was great. And Tyson, I think his name was Tyson Ross, was pitching for Cal Baptist. He ended up being a, like a fifth round draftee or something. So they had a lot of scouts there too. It was great. And that was it. But that was in April. That was not, you know, in right. February or March. So yeah, you're right. They missed judge that one they did and that so i could just imagine the kind of crowd that they could get for fullerton long beach and it's like two teams from major powers from other you know someplace else like a texas or something like that right so well you mentioned angels so i want to mention this do you believe that and i'm gonna maybe put your feet on the fire on this that the high school draft should not be a high school draft and there should be like the NBA, you go to straight to college. Oh, you know, and skip the high school draft because yeah. what would a Mike Trout look like at playing at? <laughs> I forgot where he was, he was. Oh wait, yeah, he was. He had signed. He was. He, had, he was committed. Every, to some, every oh, wait, guy has this. that backup, right? Damn it! What was that? Like it, it was a weird school. You're like, what? Was I this, just I remember hearing Carolina? about that. You, yeah, East Carolina. It was That's East where Carolina. it was. That's where it was. Because I remember joking with him when I was with the Angels, like, you were going to be a purple pirate? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> That's right. It was, It was. Uh, yeah, the the SID for East Carolina told me that that, that he was he was signed to play under Billy Godwin at the time. Would I'll you like to see where the high school guys have to? Yeah. I mean, no. I, I, the reason I, I say okay, that is because of these poor, some of these guys – Get drafted in whatever round and end up making sixty thousand a year after uh, their whatever their bonus is, <laughs> and they're literally working for less than minimum wage, driving Ooh. the country in a bus in Billings, Montana, right. driving all night to some place. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> that's true because that minor league baseball. And I know you're not like minor league baseball is not your forte, but it scrapes into college baseball where they leave and go to the minor leagues. And I've and I know I've I've had this talk with uh, John Emanuel on this is that. Minor league baseball gets away with murder the way they treat yeah. baseball guys. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's pretty awful. And right. I'm surprised that Justice Department or Labor Department's never got involved <laughs> because I, I saw a statistic where like some of these guys are making like three dollars an hour. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a rip, and a lot of I, I bet there's a lot of regret going on in, in minor league baseball about not maybe not going to play, being the big man on campus. You know, right. getting a cheerleader on your arm instead of meeting some waitress in the middle of Greenville, Mississippi. You know, and that's right. that's who you end up knocking up and and getting pregnant. But no, I, they that's certainly true. I still I still I still think the idea though is if you're good enough to go or if you know you want to go and not go to college, it's right. just not for everybody. It's it's I, I think you need to have that have that because you can still um, do community college. You can still do that because there's a lot of guys who go to community college yeah. that are studs. Go for a year. Oh, just yeah. Um, 
Oh, what's his name? The Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. Yeah, I was gonna say the yeah. guy with the good looking hair. But that was a, that was a whole weird thing because he graduated high school early, oh, well, that's and then true. he went to like Southern Utah Christian or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, but, but but still. But again, he was a man amongst boys. Oh, he was. He was. But yeah, that, I'm I'm still fine with get, with the guys going. If they want to screw up, it's not always a screw up. But again, it's not. You're right. Yeah, it's like basketball. You have your success stories, a lot of bad stories too. But that's if that's their thing. If college isn't their thing. You know, but would it help it. college baseball? Oh, it helped college baseball immensely. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great to see the the talent level would certainly go up. Um, it's the biggest siphon away from college yeah, baseball. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get to. It's like, oh, I see. It's the biggest thing that takes away that can make our sport. And I say our sport because we love it better. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is, and and that would be that would be so interesting to see a, a Mike Trout East Carolina, right. a Purple Pirate, as you said. Because it'd I, be so fun, right. so fun. Did you cover this series in the the Fullerton region in two thousand six? I think it was six. Yeah, with um, Wes Romer and Jason uh, uh, Verlander yeah. go at it when he was with Missouri. On, oh, wait. on that Saturday night? Because they, they both... They wait, both, no, no, you're thinking of... Uh, oh, not Verlander. Is it not Verlander? Who am I thinking? Uh, oh, the guy... Oh, shit. This is going to kill me not to remember this name. He pitched for Missouri. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I didn't go I didn't go to that game that night. I was is in the Verlander? area. Is not Verlander? Who am I thinking of? <clears throat> he, was a stu- he became a stud. Yeah. It, Verlander went to Old Dominion. Max Scherzer. Yes. Max Scherzer. That's the guy. Yeah, yes. Thanks for reminding me. Yes. Yeah. He. I didn't go to that game, and I regret that now. Um, but there's a, there was a stud playing baseball. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh my god, that yeah. was unbelievable. Yep. And and, and Romer Romer beat him. <laughs> that oh god, Fullerton. Those those days were so right. great. But there's a guy. But who that's went a to, perfect example of that. You're went right. Went to Missouri, carried that team, and he was a man. And he was big time. Big and yeah, time. And they would have a lot of that if they didn't allow high schoolers. There'd be so much so much talent, and and so many guys playing for you know just. I think the the big money schools would probably get way better too. I think right. that, I think that would be the one of the bigger upshots of and that. And then it's it's my yin to yang. I think minor league baseball would get better because now you have guys who have three years of experience. Oh, a couple years in, yeah. Going to a double A or a single A team, and it's not like going to some single A teams. You're yeah. just like, oh, this is ugly. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, yeah. this is independent league baseball. Right, this is barely above a decent modern day <laughs> servite game. Like this is yes. brutal. No, so I, would that make the game better? It would help this minor league too. You're right, but. I think the other thing is now with all these minor leagues cutting teams out and all that stuff, that's oh, another that's, that's another an- bummer. That's another corona. Yeah, I mean that's pisser. A, that's a whole other monster that we could talk on for a while. But but yeah, that's that's a real drag. And and because so I the, just want to make ba- our college baseball better. But I think it also might help the college game that it might turn more players to go to college instead of hey, you're not going to have that many chances in minor league ball, and if you you know there's not as many teams there now. I think that might end up helping college ball. I never very actually thought about it until just now, but well, you're we'll going to have some great articles <laughs> coming out of this podcast or some rewrites of you call yes, coaches. Yes, I hope you don't. I hope you don't. Uh, <laughs> I hope there's a registered trademark on this podcast because I'm going gonna, gonna to rip off some of the it's copyright. All, that's it's all yours, buddy. It's Thank all God. yours. <laughs> Eric, I cannot thank you enough for coming oh, in, man. sitting down. 
down for oh, a couple yeah. of hours and, and oh, just yeah. talking college baseball. I got to get back and t- walk my dog before it gets dark. Damn, this has been a long time. I, I love college baseball. No, I'm with you. I I'm, can talk about it all day long. It is your passion. It's, I, it's, I dig it. It's I'm here for it, man. I love when I see Mike Greenley, I we just not not talk about it. Oh, my God. I love it. I don't think it gets enough attention. I you think should it's write a, more about it. I think it's a beautiful game. It is. And I love it's great. the coaches. I love the players. I love that the hardcore fans are there. Yep. And yep. they come, and it's their little— Place like a Fullerton yeah. that, that you and I have shot pictures at. Yeah, they're just passionate, right. and it's not a big thing, It's but it's a good size thing. Right, and it's their thing. It's their thing. You go to these college campuses at, at Old Miss and Mississippi State, and just there's so much passion for it. It's really cool. It's really cool to see. That and, Old Miss Stadium, a friend of mine shot the architecture for it. It's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, wait, are you talking about Old Miss or Mississippi State, the Mississippi new stadium? State, yeah, the, new the, stadium. the redo right, they yes, did. I'm yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! I can't wait to get there. Seating and they got the bar grills and the whole. Yeah, and they got the hotel, which is yeah. odd in the in, oh the, in the right field or left field, I guess. Yeah, I, I vowed the last time I said at Mississippi. I'll do this quick story. Oh, then I got to tell you the oh, Rod Dado story. Dad. But the last time I was at Mississippi State, the well, the only time I went way back when when he was then known as Joey Bell. Albert Bell, you remember Albert yes. Bell? He was known as Joey. He played for LSU, and LSU was playing there, and me and a bunch of buddies went. And uh, and I, I I won't use the word on on air, but that old, the Mississippi State fans. He was playing. He was out. He was out there playing left field, and they were calling him so many racist names. And and I'm serious. I'm not. I'm not BSing you. They were calling him so many bad names, and he was getting. He had a temper, oh, as yes. you as you might remember. Oh yes. He had such a temper. I'm so, I'm still surprised he didn't and attack somebody but he so the next day we were going to be at the game we got there early and we went by we were just going by and LSU's players were like doing batting practice in the batting cages and we were walking by and we saw Joey Bell there and and uh, one of my friends said hey Joey have a good game today and he didn't without looking up and seeing who it was he goes Fuck you! <laughs> Didn't look that it was LSU people. He just said fuck you, and that he was, was it. Just so upset. Kept doing his thing. Just did not did not turn up turn of cheek at all. So here's my Rod Dado story. I hated Rod Dado. I hated USC every year at the College World Series. My team, you know, you always pick a team right. that you want to follow. You know, I'd you pick, got eight, so you're picking. Maine was always one of my favorites. Maine. You know, they, you know, I always pick their mascot like a dog. Uh, the Black Bears. Black Bears, of course. The Black Bears. They were all. I always picked an underdog. I liked the underdogs. I liked the team. Teams that came out of nowhere. So I'd pick the underdogs, and they'd always lose in two games. So And it was always to USC, <laughs> Texas, and Arizona State, and Miami. Those teams always beat them, so I hated Rod Dado. So one one year at that College World Series brunch or luncheon that I talked about, uh-huh. uh, my dad, after, after it was done, I went to the bathroom, and my dad said, all right, well, come back here when you're done. I went to the bathroom, and I come back, and my dad stands there with Rod Dado. And I'm like, oh. And he goes. The enemy. My, my dad goes, hey, Eric, come on over. I want you to meet Coach D- beat Coach Dado. I was like, oh. I was all salty, but I was like, all right. And he goes, he puts down, how you doing, Tiger? Because he called everybody Tiger. And he's, how you doing, Tiger? And I thought that was the funniest thing. It's this guy. He's got this Pepsodine white, Pepsodent white teeth. And he's like, how you doing, Tiger? And I'm looking at him. Like, I said, that's really funny. I like this guy. So I, all of a sudden, I loved him. But I didn't realize he called everybody Tiger. I thought he just called me that. I thought that was the greatest name. So I said, Dad, I like Rod Dado now. I want USC to win the title this year. And so it, uh, from that point on, just loved the guy. And then I found out 
what a great dude he was. He's always happy, just, you know, always positive and, and just, you know, a real great, obviously great for the sport. So I was, I was shamed myself for hating him as much as I did. It was kind of like, yeah, it's like if I met Barry Switzer as a Nebraska fan as a kid, if you had to meet Barry Switzer, you'd be like, oh, fuck you. I don't want to meet you. You beat us every year. Screw you. But then he ends up being the greatest guy. So it's like, I love Rod Dado. There's my Rod Dado story. <laughs> well, we're going to end it on that. You're the best. You keep Thanks, writing Big college Daddy. baseball. Oh, man, I will. This now that you've great. inspired me so much. I guess I'll keep that day job of my better, writing college baseball. I want something to read. <laughs> Thanks. No, this is good. Like I said, I, I'm not here to gloss. I know you're not here to have your, your guests gloss you, but some of your pictures have been so great over the years, and they've been an inspiration for me to try to get better. And like I said, my, my wife has a kick-ass camera now that's uh, one of those mirrorless Sonys. Yeah, and a Sony, yeah. So I, I try to get better at it, but uh, thank you for your inspiration for me is what I was trying to say. I, I appreciate it, Big Daddy. No, I appreciate you coming on and spending the time. <laughs> no, it's been good. I, I'm, I'm, it's, uh, it's, it's been a walk down memory lane, but man, we could talk about that. We, it seems like we could still go longer if I wasn't. We could. If I wasn't having to walk the dog and out of water here, I'd probably, I'd probably talk more. We'll have a part two when the season starts. <laughs> there you go. All there right, you you're go. the best. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, man. Appreciate right. it. This is Matt Brown, and you listen to Just a Good Conversation. Please hit the subscribe button as well.